Live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Surprise, surprise, we had an issue with the audio on Blog Talk Radio, so I would invite the guys uh, in the chat to type in the following phrase, Balky is awesome, if you can hear us. So if you can hear us, go ahead and type in, Balky is awesome, in the chat room. Uh, Once again, ladies and gentlemen, we are broadcasting the Pros versus Joes Love Boat League number four. Looks like we have audio now, thanks to Shane Helm typing in, Balky is awesome. I appreciate that from Anthony Pungo as well. Uh, I want to thank Rob and our audio engineer, Bryce, for uh, getting this back up. Rob is, of course, our producer and mutual friend. It's July 26th. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I am a slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the Dizzle Dave Gerzak. Support for the show is also provided in part by Hyundai. Given all of the international awards it's received, perhaps winning is everything for the 2015 Hyundai Sonata. For more information, check out Hyundai.com. One drive and you'll get it with the 2015 Sonata from Hyundai, the official automotive sponsor of the NFL. Once again, pros versus Joes. The Love Boat League number four is going on tonight. We're covering it for you for the first 117 minutes or whatever uh, is less than 120 that Blog Talk Radio just screwed us out of. If you want to follow the draft board live, do so at youtube.com slash high stakes fantasy football. The stream is up there. I'm sure they didn't have any issues. I'm really bitter about about this. You sound like it. Beginning, Dave. Shout out to the chat room. We got a ton of people hanging out in there already. Twitter, uh, our Twitter account is at HSFFR, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. Facebook.com uh, slash the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. And Rob and Bryce will get high stakes fantasy football at gmail.com emails to us during the show if we get a chance to us. Uh, now's the best time to send them. Dave, tonight we have league number four. We're already almost through the first round. Would you like to introduce tonight's competitors competing for a 2016 FFPC main event entry? All right, number one, we have Derek Brinkman. He's a Joe. Uh, Alex Miglio and Austin Lee uh, from Football Guys, they're drafting together as pros in the two spot. Paul Friel is a Joe out of the three hole. Uh, Jonathan Bales from Fantasy Labs is uh, a pro out of the four spot. Kevin Slagle. Slagle, see? Bulky, I would, we always talk to, about the pronunciation. Right. He's a Joe in the five spot. Scott Fish from Dynasty League Football is a pro out of the six hole. Michael Sheffer, uh, Joe, out of the seventh spot. He For, plays a lot of Dynasty. Former guest of the sh- of the show. Yep. Uh, the great Corey Parson from SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio and uh, an awesome co-host. Yeah, former co-host of yeah. the show. He's a pro out of the eighth spot. 
Matthew Stewart is a Joe out of the nine hole. Uh, Bob Butterfield is a pro out of the 10 spot from All Purpose Roto. Future guest of the show. Spoiler alert. All right. And Jared Gruget. Gruget? <laughs> Are we going to do Gruget? Gruget. That's right. That's what you were going to say. Yeah. You said. Um, he's a Joe out of the 11 spot. And Slam Hendricks, a pro who also plays high stakes, extra point press out of the 12 spot. Slam's got a bunch of books. I wrote a really poorly written forward to one of them actually yeah we're when he comes on we're we're actually going to discuss that a little bit because uh i don't think it was as poor as you might have seen as it might have seen to you uh let's get through the first round rob is telling me we already have a caller we're going to take that in one second i just want to get through the first round of the draft and just let everybody know how it all turned out uh number one pick adrian peterson goes to Derek brinkman Rob Gronkowski goes to the football guys combo of Alex Miglio and Austin Lee. Jamal Charles, the 103 pick to Paul Friel and Antonio Brown is Jonathan Bale's selection at 104. Kevin Slagle takes Eddie Lacy at the 105, followed by Le'Veon Bell, 106 to Scotty Fish. 107, Michael Sheffer's pick takes Odell Beckham. Corey Parson takes his man, Des Bryant, 108. No shock there. Matt Forte to Matthew Stewart at the 109. Demarius Thomas is Bob Butterfield's pick at the 110. And rounding things out in the first round, Jared Gruget takes Calvin Johnson. And Sam Hendricks takes Arian Foster. Sam was saying in the chat room before that uh, he was hoping – uh, that uh, either Foster or Jones would be there at the 112. I said, I think Foster will be. I don't think Julio will be. Clearly, I am wrong once again on the show. No surprise. And he gets Foster and Jones on the turn there. So nice. first round, uh, let's just briefly discuss it. No huge surprises. Uh, I would say that Jamal Charles, I had been seeing go in, in that top three pick neighborhood, I would say maybe three to four weeks ago in drafts. I'm seeing him go more in the mid first round. Now, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, almost always going ahead of Charles, but Charles goes ahead of Brown here. Uh, Le'Veon Bell falls to the one Oh six, a bit of a surprise, but you know, again, not healthy uh, that, that we know of or not 100% healthy. And that suspension has not been reduced yet. He has no idea if it's going to be uh, when his appeal is going to be heard. And Aaron Foster, I think this is the first PVJ we've seen him go in the first round. So though that's, sort of my takeaway from the first round, Dave, anything that uh, you, that sticks out to you when you look at it. That seems just about right, Balky. I don't really have any further analysis at all. We share, we have nothing to add. We share one brain <laughs> as it were. Dave, let's go to Oakland and take our first phone call here. Uh, you are on the air with Dave and Balky on the pros versus Joe's broadcast number four. Hey there, this is Austin Lee from football guys and also Alex Melio. Oh, we have both of you guys on. Look at this. Two, two uh, pros call on the same foot this is like double mint gum time right now oh, yeah. this, this is great so you guys uh obviously uh good friends uh, of ours at footballguys.com drafting out of the second spot tonight how uh happy were you to see rob gronkowski go there at, of course this being a one and a half point uh for uh for catches for tight ends format we were kind of expecting it, and we're we're excited about it. I mean, we would have taken uh, Adrian Peterson if it had gone the other way, but we would rather have Gronk in that two spot. So we were pretty psyched to see him fall to us. You guys uh, participated in this last year, the Pros versus Joe's uh, contest last year. Uh, talk a little bit about what you learned from from the draft from your draft last year that you are going to be applying to your strategy tonight. And obviously, don't reveal your strategy tonight. But anything that you might want to uh, say about your experience last year, as far as how it's going to affect the way you draft tonight. Well, we definitely learned not to pick David Wilson in the draft. I think that's very <laughs> important. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, That's very, very true. Uh, yeah, no, you know, we got after the same start we did last year. We took Jimmy Graham in the first round this year, or Rob Gutowski. I think that uh, taking his head in early is huge. Um, and uh, we wound up in a pretty good spot last year. We scored the fifth most points in the entire thing, except somebody in our division scored more points than us so in our in our league. So uh, we didn't quite make it to the final. But um, so far, so good. I think we, we're really happy with Gronkowski, and we'll see how the, the rest of the second round shakes out and uh, go from there. We, we don't want to reveal too much. Yeah, we're we're going to uh, we're going to find out that strategy as we broadcast live uh, on the air and see how your your picks go tonight. You guys, uh, you you've been with football guys now for a while. Talk talk a little bit about what you guys because there's football guys as as so many awesome writers uh, working for them. You guys obviously at the forefront of that. Talk a little bit about what you guys have going on right there and maybe something that you have coming out for anybody who uh, is thinking about subscribing to Football Guys. Well, uh, the two of us have been working uh, really hard on the daily fantasy side of things. Uh, we released uh, not that long ago the uh, crushing uh, or cracking DraftKings and cracking FanDuel books uh, that uh, we're, we're excited about. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be very active in the DFS side of things, writing a weekly article and doing a lot of podcasting uh, this, this season. And Alex can tell you a little bit more. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm I'm kind of running, helping run the FanDuel side of, of the site, and we actually are are, are getting ready to release a, an awesome app uh, that is, is going to uh, it's going to be a lineup app for for all you know a few sites, uh, FanDuel and DraftKings being two of them. Um, actually, Austin and I were just uh, beta testing that today, so I think uh, that's going to be out soon. We're pretty excited about it. Yeah, with the uh, with the advent of uh, of DFS really taking a step forward in in 2014, it's going to be even bigger in 2015. So you guys are going to be all over that. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, your 211 pick here that we have coming up? Because we are, it looks like you guys are on deck right now. There has We're been a lot. A, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. We have a very tough choice right now. Okay, thank goodness somebody made that choice for us. Okay, uh, <laughs> we were like. Should we take Jimmy Graham here, you know, and have go go tight end, tight end? Start? Uh, so we we uh, we have some a couple of guys that we're looking at now. Um, Austin's driving, so I'm, I'm going to let him make the pick. I think we've made a pretty good discuss. We have a pretty good discussion about what we're going to do in the situation. Um, but uh, we had a very tough choice. We were, we might have taken Jimmy Graham if he had fallen there. That would have been interesting too, Dave. You were just talking about this before the show. In in was it a football guys draft that that this happened where somebody started off Grant Graham Kelsey? Yep, just was today. It? Bryce was telling me today. That yeah, went out of the two spot. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay, so that would have been fantastic to to see this happen in the pros versus Joe's format. But clearly, uh, we we are not going to see that since Jimmy Graham goes one pick before. Uh, Austin and Alex, uh, who we're talking with on the phone right now, Alex Miglio and Austin Lee from footballguys.com. You guys uh, said you had a few players in mind here. Don't reveal uh, who those players were because you're obviously going to be coming back here and picking shortly again. But who was the pick that you guys decided on here at the 211? We're going to go with uh, Justin Forsett here. We're going to grab a running back. Uh, we uh, waited on running backs a lot in last year's draft, and our 10 running backs had a really tough time putting together consistent points last year. So we are going to draft Justin Forsett uh, right there to get a guy early that we feel good about catching a lot of passes in the PPR format. 
Yeah, Forsett, you know, I'm totally was I read this whole thing wrong with Forsett, not necessarily of of what I believe he's going to do in 2015, but I really did not think we'd be seeing Forsett go in the second round as much as we have. I commissioned a ton of drafts uh, yesterday, Dave. I saw Forsett go in the second round of almost all of them. Do you guys feel like as we move closer to to the FFPC main event and of course all the football guys drafts uh, that we have going on right now uh, at my FFPC? PC.com. Do you guys think that Forset is solidly in that second round area? I, I think so. I, mean, I, I think that as, as you know, with the PPR, I think that uh, Forset's going to go in the second round in most drafts. Um, you know, barring any preseason, uh, you know, uh, news and, and uh, hopefully no injuries. Uh, but definitely, I think he's going to catch a lot of passes in that offense, and, and people are going to see that. You can follow Alex on Twitter at Alex Miglio. You can follow Austin on Twitter at Austin NFL. And of course, you can read all their great work at footballguys.com. Dave, did you have something? Yeah, you know, um, I was actually, uh, this is for Austin. I was in okay. Dorothy County at a drive-in with my kids and family and haven't been to a drive-in in like 30 years. We were seeing the movie Inside Out and um, they had this little short beforehand called The Lava Story. It's like five or six minutes long or something like that. And um I've chatted with Austin before in the, at these uh, different conferences, and he works at Pixar. And so I uh, I see the credits start rolling. I don't really ever pay attention to the credits ever, but I actually saw his name. I'm like, holy crap, I know that guy that's in the credits. So, Austin, no one else checked out the credits and saw your name, but I did. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. I appreciate you going to see it and uh, being excited about it. Like, uh, that, that gets me really jazzed. Yeah, I worked on it and had a blast working on that short. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was actually really cool. It was uh, it was touching. Well, what we're gonna do now in February, when uh, when this is nominated for the Oscars for best animated short, we're gonna have Austin come on after he is fresh off partying with Pitt and Clooney and everything <laughs> after the uh, award ceremony. Austin, come on, talk some fantasy football and talk about uh, be our first Oscar winner on the show. So, Austin, consider yourself booked, man. All right, man. That sounds great. Thanks, guys. I'd love to. Alex Miglio and Austin Lee from footballguys.com. Thanks uh, for hanging out uh, with us tonight. That was awesome that that those guys called in right away. Is that the first time we had a second round pick made live on the show? Uh, you know what? I didn't. I haven't been checking the record. I don't think we've ever had anybody it, it, call in. It, it might be that early to to have the second to to uh, make their second round pick. Well, so well, Dodds told them to call in, and they're like, "Let's just get this all." Probably, yeah. What what was the name of the of the? It was the lava. A, a lava story. A lava story. Was, I mean, well, it's. Sounds cheesy the way I would describe it, but it's about like two Hawaiian volcanoes falling in love. Really? It's about six minutes long. Seven minutes long. Those kids and their animation, yeah. the, I, the stories you can come up with. I, you know, I wasn't even under any influence of anything. I was totally, no. totally straight and, and still enjoyed it. Talking about alcohol. <laughs> right. Okay. Any, anything. Just getting that clear. Okay. So <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about the second round as we are completed here in uh, the league number four, Dave. Uh, I already mentioned it earlier. Slam Hendricks takes Julio Jones at the 201. A couple of receivers go right after that. Jordy Nelson, the 202, to Jared Grouget. A.J. Green to Bob Butterfield and both those teams, uh, Jared and Bob's receiver, receiver. Uh, running back, running back team is Matthew Stewart getting Marshawn Lynch to pair with Matt Forte. And the second Packers receiver goes off the board at the 205 to Corey Parson. He gets Randall Cobb. Shady McCoy to Michael Sheffer at the 206. Just wanted to say this, too. I was doing a football guy's draft. 
I believe this was the late Saturday one, which by the way, if you want to do something after we go off the air tonight um, and we have to cut the YouTube broadcast after two hours, we do have a draft going on at 11.45 p.m. Eastern time tonight. If you want to jump into a football guys draft, sign up for that at myffpc.com. Yours truly will be commissioning. I will uh, be wide, duty tonight, wide awake for that. It's going to be great. Uh, anyway, the, what I was going to say was Shady McCoy, you know, we've talked about him on the show to the point where a lot of people have certain misgivings and are a little uneasy selecting him this year. Because of our broadcast? Well, not necessarily no. because of our broadcast, but because of the points we brought up on the broadcast. I mean, these are we're not making this stuff up. You can get this anywhere. You can get it from footballguys.com, Dave. <laughs> so uh, LaShawn McCoy falls all the way to the 302 in in the draft last uh in a football guys draft last night which oh, was right. that was the 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 latest i've uh i've seen uh him go in any draft so far shane hallam saying he might jump into that football guys draft tonight so that's very exciting <laughs> right. so uh lashawn mccoy goes at the 206 here i'll get back on track i promise scott fish takes alshon jeffrey at the 207 and he is the final wide receiver taken in the second round as we have a bit of a running back run at the end of the second round demarco murray to kevin C.J. Anderson to Jonathan Bales from Fantasy Labs. Jimmy Graham, as uh, you heard from Austin and Alex, goes to Paul Frio at the 210. Justin Forsett, the pick you heard on the air at 211. And Jeremy Hill wraps up the second round at the 212. Do you remember in the past when we broadcast these shows live, we always joked around that the the as we get into like the sixth or seventh round, it always seemed like, not necessarily the sixth or seventh, maybe the third, fourth, fifth, that area, the left side of the board was always so green and then the right side of the board was always so yellow because it, you know, it rather than try, try to draft a balanced team, I think a lot of people were trying to be dominant mm -hmm. in one specific area and, you know, through three rounds it, it or through two and a half rounds as we are right now, kind of looks like that again. Yeah. A lot of green on the left side, a lot of yellow on the right side. That's absolutely true. You know what? I'm just, um, I was just thinking of these other three drafts, Balky. Um, we haven't seen many people, you know, last year, everyone was talking about zero uh, running back theory. That mm -hmm. was like the big thing this year. No one's talking about it that much, at least not in the circles that I run and no one's talking about it And in, in these drafts. No one really has done it out of the, you know, in the first three drafts, but yeah, I don't think it was unsuccessful last year. I think the guys that did it could have done very well. I mean, right. there's a lot of running backs that emerge late. So, I mean, why aren't people talking about it? Yeah. I, you know, I, I was looking at, um, a K the the of course our Kentucky fantasy football state championship that that you and I and, and other people go down to Louisville every year and I was looking at their first progressive draft that they had just kind of looking at that board and it's a little bit different there you know with um, you know starting through receivers and and the tight ends not having premium scoring the drafts aren't that good well I wouldn't say that but kidding. but again I, I saw really good running back value late. Uh, because, you know, the, of the wide receiver stack early. And as much as I want to say, like, oh, I, I really should get that second running back, I don't know if I if I would care about it as much. And especially in a format like the FFPC, where you only have to start two running backs, two receivers, a tight end, and you get the two flexes, you can build your team however you want. You don't have to necessarily make sure that you have a strong running back stable to win because we've seen the people who have won the not only the pros versus Joe's leagues in the past, but the FFPC main event, the Football Guys Players Championship. They've done it in a variety of different ways. There has, There's no like one set rubric to follow. You had to say it. Yeah. I was uh, going to get it out at some point anyway, so there you go. That's the worst. Hashtag rubric. <laughs> anyway. Like nails on a, I don't know why you dislike it so much. Because I've never heard the no one I've never heard anyone ever use it until you used it. And now you use it incessantly. Yeah. I had one uh 
forgive me, I, I can't remember what player I was talking to at um, the FFPC main event uh, a couple of years ago, but um, Don Erickson was was there. Oh, really? Yeah, and they said he's, uh, he's really charismatic. They they said that they thought the color of Erickson's jacket was rubric. <laughs> that's how they that's how they described it. Anyway, you're gonna make a point about the zero RB theorem not being utilized people, as much as we've seen at the last not, couple of years. I think people that, that really, the true believers in it, I think did it last year and they're still doing it. But I think a lot of the people who thought they were doing it either didn't do it or or whatever. And But it's after kind of seeing the potential for that with a few of the teams as we head into the uh, late third round. Um, we've seen Jordy Nelson go ahead of Randall Cobb. In I don't know if I've seen Cobb go for Nelson, maybe in one draft that I've commissioned. Um, is that how you would draft him? You would draft Jordy over Cobb, even with the with the hip surgery thing looming? You would, If you were going to take a Packers receiver, you would rather be at Nelson than Cobb? You know, it's interesting. It's, I mean, it's really, really close. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm actually pretty close to going the other direction. Really? I'm really close to it. I, I can't say for sure right this second. I, but I think the fact that you're not right now, if Jordy is playing in preseason – and looking okay, then to me, you're going to take Nelson over Cobb every time. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. If Unless you're can, super loaded. If he, comes out, if he comes out looking pretty good. But if I hear even like a couple of blurbs about him being limited at all, it's going to flip immediately. I really like Not even anything. I mean, nothing even major. It's really close. Right. I really like the value that uh, Jonathan Bales got at the 209 with CJ Anderson. That was uh, um, maybe my favorite pick of the round. And then the 210, Jimmy Graham, the other thing I was going to say. Jimmy Graham snuck up to the 112 in a draft last night. Wow. So, Graham. Welcome it, back to the first round, Jimmy. You know, I was actually listening to Butterfield's podcast, and they said on there, take a guess who led the Seahawks in red zone targets last year. Um, that dude who sucks? No. What's his name? No. Not it's not a guy who sucks. <laughs> Lynch? Yeah. <laughs> Marshawn Lynch had the most red zone targets of any Seattle player last year. So you get Jimmy Graham in there this year, and we know how successful Lynch was. I'm telling you, Graham, Graham could have a really, really And Wilson, I mean, he's a fantastic quarterback. He just doesn't have – he hasn't been throwing the ball as much as, as Drew Brees. If he was in Drew Brees' offense, like the way that they used to run in New Orleans, I know they're going to run more now, I think uh, Wilson would put up very similar numbers. Talking about the uh, the Packers, uh, Nelson versus Cobb. Shane Helm brings up in the in the draft chat. Hey, Cobb injury history too. Maybe Devonte Adams is going to be the value this year. Oh, that would suck. Well, unless Just you own Devonte Adams, because I traded him to Santos. Yeah. Um, the third. I have nothing more to say about the second round. Do you have anything that you want to talk about there? Otherwise, we move on to the third. Uh, let's move on to round three, Balkan. Three hundred one. Andrew Luck goes to uh, Derek Brinkman. There. He gets uh, starts off running back, running back, quarterback. Mike Evans goes to the footballguys.com duo of Alex Miglio and Austin Lee. T.Y. Hilton. Falling all the way to the 303. Because he's, he's been going at the 301 in every other Exactly, draft. yeah. <laughs> T.Y. Hilton goes to the 303 tonight. He's been at the 301. I believe he went at the 302 in oh. draft number three. All but right. uh, I could be wrong. Uh, Andre Hopkins, your guy. And then another one of your guys, Brandon Cooks. Go right in a row there. How would you rank those receivers, Dave? those four receivers that went at the top half of the third round, Evans, Hilton, Hopkins, Cooks. Because I know you like Hopkins and Cooks this year. Uh, I would probably go – God, you know what? Really good question. I, th I think if I was to rank them, I, probably, I might have Cooks number one. I, Is that insane? I think I'd, I think I'd go Cooks, Hilton, Hopkins, Evans. Cooks, Hilton – I'm, 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 I'm kind of going by quarterbacks and targets a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think – think I agree with you. Well, maybe not Hopkins. 
maybe Evans over Hopkins. I don't know. You know, like actually, I think that Winston might be, and, and Evans was fantastic as a rookie. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It, it goes Cooks and Hilton. I could go either way on those other two. But anyway, all, all good values there. Uh, Travis Kelsey falls all the way to the 306, the Jonathan and Bales. Uh, he gets Kelsey there. Frank Gore to Michael Sheffer at the 307. And his new teammate, Andre Johnson, at the 308 to Corey Parson. Corey Parson starts off his draft with three straight receivers. I believe we're going to hear from him at the top of the hour, so we'll definitely ask him about that. Aaron Rodgers, the second quarterback off the board, to Matthew Stewart at the 309. And then to uh, complete the third round, Emmanuel Sanders, Julian Edelman, and Greg Olson. The fourth tight end off the board, Dave, and we're only three rounds in. So maybe we're going to see the tight ends get pushed up a little bit tonight. We, we haven't seen that happen yet this year. We saw it happen a couple of times last year. Maybe this is the draft where it happens tonight. Definitely could happen, actually. Julian Edelman, uh, I, I like better than uh, the Emmanuel Sanders. Again, You are the biggest Sanders hater. I just, I don't know. I, maybe I'll come around on him. Um, but uh, but Emmanuel Sanders, um, I don't know, man. I just... There's, there's so many other options I, I like. And let's, okay, let's talk about some of those options because we had a, a big time running back run, go start off on the fourth round here. Everyone Al chickened out on the zero RB theory. Right. Yeah, exactly. They heard us talking about it. Alfred Morris, Andre Ellington, Carlos Hyde to lead off the fourth round, and then Melvin Gordon, CJ Spiller, and Lamar Miller. Dave, one of these things is not like the other. And I'm going to tell you the one pick I don't like in there. Actually, I don't have to tell you. You know which one that I, I would, of those six, that I really dislike. Who, Alfred Morris? No. <laughs> no, then obviously I don't know. Which Carlos one. Hyde, oh, man. That's right. That's I right. just, ah, uh, you know. And, and, and he goes to the Emmanuel Sanders owner. That's Bob Butterfield taking Sanders and Hyde, two of the bulky whipping boys that, that I've well, had. Butterfield better call in and defend his picks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do you think about Sam Hendricks taking Alfred Morris over all those other guys? Because I think if you look at what's happened in the pre-draft season and a lot of the analysis that's gone on various websites, some of the websites that are represented here tonight, um, you have seen uh, Alfred Morris – be talked about as not having the upside of Spiller, of Lamar Miller, of Melvin Gordon, of even Andre Ellington. Um, you have Alfred Morris going first. What do you make of that selection there? You know, the, the, it's, it's fine in a way because this is a draft experts format. And I know you're not getting the upside, but you're getting the steady Eddie production. I wouldn't make the pick. I don't ever pick Alfred Morris. And the reason is that it's boring. It's not sexy. Right. I want, you know, I want something that's kind of fun and sexy. It's just like, well, sorry, that's just the way I kind of draft. Spiller, Melvin Gordon, Lamar Miller, those guys are interesting because they have some big upside. You can look like a genius. You can look like a rock star. I think there's something to be said about that. I think it just looks – it's just having that huge upside does – there is something to be said just because that 10% or 20% chance makes them a more valuable pick. Yeah, like the Odell Beckham selection last year where you – I mean, he went way cheap, but still – you know what I mean? That there's, there's always a chance. There's the and, – and that's where it comes into of taking like the – the rookies and the unproven and unknown guys over a known guy where maybe it, it is a, a pick where you want to gamble and, and really shoot for the moon, you know? But yeah, that's true. But I mean, having said that these guys, I mean, like Lamar Miller, I think number nine back last year, Spiller Correct. has proven that he can be decent when he's not hurt, which is all the time. And you look at the system he's in now, I mean, it's just tailor made to him. There's a lot of hype on him. So there's those guys aren't unproven. They're proven. They've played, they've had big seasons. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like necessary, like uh, like a Todd Gurley would be a 
would but Gordon, good example. Melvin Gordon would would exude that. Yes, exactly. Uh, as much as we talked about, um, or as strong as that running back run was uh, at the start of the fourth round, in the middle of the fourth, we see a wide receiver run. Uh, Jordan Matthews, Golden Tate, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, Kelvin Benjamin, and the final pick of the fourth round is not a receiver. It is, in fact, the black unicorn himself, Martellus Bennett. Talking about those receivers there, Dave, you have uh, Matthews, Tate, Allen, Cooper, and Benjamin. This is where the board sort of flips, and now the left side becomes a little bit more yellow, whereas the right side is probably going to become more green with uh, the teams going with the opposite positions that they uh, had concentrated on in the first couple rounds. Does the golden tape pick to Kevin Slagle stick out to you at all? I I guess I I look at those five selections there, and that's the one that kind of sticks out to me. I don't think it's a reach. It just doesn't strike me as he's normally going where where those guys are going. I mean, in my opinion, and nothing against the pick for, you know, the person making the pick, I think Amari Cooper in the fourth round. I mean, that's just, I know he's a really, um, you know, he's tailor made to play and everything like that, but just, the offense isn't that great. He's still a rookie. I just think that's a little bit of a stretch. But he's, but I mean, this is what we were just talking about. He is the type of guy that, you know, the against are, are against him getting 85 catches for 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns. But Except that we were talking about running backs, not wide receivers. No, but I'm saying I was talking about it in an abstract sense of. Oh, well, I was talking about running backs. Okay. Well, I was saying like position, you know, with without regard to position, there's the, uh, the sexiness of picking the unknown guy over. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin, who we saw what he did last year in Carolina. Maybe you go for the upside of Cooper over Benjamin there. We don't know what Amari Cooper is capable of. Nobody does. Right. I mean, but the thing is, in the fourth round as a rookie receiver on a crappy offense, to me, that's that's just – it's risky. I, you know you know what I mean? In like the seventh round, it's like – like, Hey, Dave, <laughs> you, you got to crack a few eggs to make an omelet. <laughs> Jeez. Very nice. Melvin, or excuse me, Melvin. Martellus Bennett is the fifth tight end off the board. We only see one tight end go off in the first, uh, fourth round. So this is a round dominated by runs, the big running back run, the big wide receiver run. I like the uh, the team that uh, Jonathan Bales is constructing there with C.J. Anderson, Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, and Keenan Allen. As much as I – And your boy. And my is boy. about to go. Oh, is about to go? Hold on. I, I got to look at this. here. Oh, he's not my boy. Yes, he is. He's not my He's boy. Oh, no, no. You know, it's it's like if you saw somebody getting mugged on the street, right? <laughs> and you you would be like, hey. It's funny you're mentioning you're talking about this one referring to Joseph well, Randall. You see somebody being mugged on the street. And we are talking about Joseph Randall going to Jonathan Bales here at the at the 404. You see somebody being, being mugged on the street and you say, hey, stop that criminal. <laughs> and the criminal stops. Does that mean all of a sudden like. That's my boy because I stopped him from being robbed. No, I'm just like sticking up for him. That's all I'm doing. I'm sticking. Up, I'm just sticking up for Randall. I'm not like in love with him. I, you know, I and I honestly, I don't. Do you like him? Like him? No, I don't like him. Like him? I like him. I like him. Okay. I mean, I might. I like him like Brandon Cooks. I think I like him like him. You do? Yeah. I thought you were you were. I like Cooks a lot. No, Randall. I know, oh, I I'm just, I see that's what you're why, saying. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm a person I like, like. I think I might like like McFadden much later for where he's going oh, in these yeah. drafts. Right. But uh, yeah, I, I, you know, double date type thing. I, <laughs> I take Randall out and jump on that grenade, and you know, whatever. I, I'll hold a conversation with him, buy him a free dinner, and you're like, and then you'd say, "Hey, criminal, stop doing, stop I would say, stealing hey, that say, perfume hey, and hey, jewelry." Yes, hey, no, I would not say that. <laughs> I, I would. Uh, 
I would if he was being mugged for that perfume and oh. and underwear, I'd be like, hey, it's about time you knew what he, it was like. He stole that. That's his. You stop that now. <laughs> What's happened to this show? It's so terrible. It's just gotten better. It has not gotten better. That's the end of the fourth round. Now, uh, no runs going off in the uh, in the fifth round here, Dave. As we start, uh, Brandon Marshall at the five hundred one is the first receiver taken by Derek Brinkman. Uh, at the 501, Mark Ingram is the uh, second running back drafted by Alex Miglio and Austin Lee. Uh, again, they talked about not wanting to be caught with their pants down at running back as they kind of alluded to the fact that they were last year taking 10 running backs, but it was a struggle getting those guys to perform, sure. two of those guys to perform week in and week out. Yep. So they take care of that with two high-volume guys and four set and Ingram early. Russell Wilson, the third quarterback off the board at the 503 to Paul Friel. Of course, the aforementioned muggy Joseph Randall going at the 504. We have our sixth tight end off the board in Zach Ertz, Kevin Slagle. TJ Yeldon is uh, Dynasty League football Scott Fish, uh, his selection at the 506. Jeremy Macklin and uh, Giovanni Bernard have been the last two picks uh, selected in the draft. You talk about uh, Corey Parsons' team, or let's talk about his team. Why don't we talk about his team when he calls in? Well, I just want to touch on this. I, I let's, like let's, let's let's bag on it before he calls it. Well, I'm not going to bag on it because I like it. I like the Des Cobb Johnson uh, start. A lot of targets in there. A lot of touchdowns in there. Uh, well, maybe not touchdowns, but for sure targets. And then you get uh, Andre Johnson. And, yeah, Andre Johnson. And he might get touchdowns. He could. I mean, he should. And then you get Spiller and Bernard, two you know upside guys that that honestly, you look at Spiller and Bernard. Spiller is a guy who we've seen go in the first round before. In, in this format. Giovanni Bernard was a second round pick last year. I mean, there is a lot of upside there. I agree. Actually. I, I, you know what? I hate to admit, I actually don't mind. So you, despite your best efforts for five rounds, you cannot beg on the fantasy executives. Well, tight end sucks. Well, it's tight ends non-existent. Um, I chain how I'm agreeing with me. Parsons team is a PPR nightmare. Lots of receptions. That's what I, and I talked about this was it Friday when we had Craig Campbell on? Of course, Craig Campbell drafting tomorrow night. We had him on as a guest on our normal scheduled program oh, Chris on Friday night. No, Craig Campbell. You can follow him on Twitter at Craig Camper. He's going to be drafting tomorrow night. I believe he was the one uh, I was talking about with in regards to when I draft receivers, I, I'm looking at receptions. I'm not necessarily caring about touchdowns a lot. I mean, maybe that's why I like Jarvis Landry so much this year because I don't think he's going to be catching a ton of touchdowns on the team but I know he's going to be catching a ton of receptions on that team. So I tend to look towards that. I don't know what your philosophy is when you're drafting a receiver, how much you look at red zone efficiency, red zone targets versus, versus just your normal, regular mom and pop meat and potatoes targets. <laughs> Still that from Todd Berry. Really? Yeah, but he was talking about masturbation, not targets. So <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Um, yeah, I don't – I mean, targets are important, obviously. I, I, do, I touched on this – quite important so i look at the whole picture bob butterfield by the way so i was ripping on the sanders and hyde picks yeah know? yeah and then and then what does he do i know i just i've talked about why i like landry so much he takes jarvis landry okay. there right I'm sure, I'm sure right, heard you. right after latavius murray goes to matthew stewart matthew stewart has an interesting team going running back running back quarterback running back running back no receivers no tight ends on that team i don't think i could start a draft off like this in this format but matthew stewart's a way more i mean he's obviously more talented than me he's, he's won him a lot more money than me and he knows what he's doing in fact i think i commissioned a draft that he was in today a football guy's oh, really? draft yeah um so that is going to be interesting to see how he plugs in the receivers but again 
for anybody who's just listening um, to this pros versus Joe's draft tonight that has not tuned into the first three, we always say, if you want to be light somewhere, and I think the numbers would back this up, if you want to be light somewhere in the draft, uh, in, in, a, in a draft experts, try to go with a ton of receivers since you only have to start two of them. A ton of receivers in the middle round sometimes does the job enough for you to win a league. Yeah, that's an interesting point. You don't necessarily agree with that, it sounds like. I, I subscribe to the theory of I, – I would again, I would really have a struggle not having two receivers on my team after the first five rounds. Um, he, he could do all right. It could be fine. I mean, because you need the running back scoring, but I think it's going to be a struggle. There's a lot of – I mean – as much, it, it's interesting that the the four running backs he's chosen because Forte and Lynch sort of we've seen what they've done they've they've hit their primes we know what they're capable of and then he follows it up with with Aaron Rodgers and then Melvin Gordon and Latavius Murray two guys who are unproven who we don't know how good they can be I mean they, they he could have four Bafo running backs on this roster um, and if he is able to fill in the wide receiver cracks and get a couple of good tight ends he could have a very dominant team there. Finishing off the fifth round, Jarvis Landry, of course, to all-purpose Rotos, Bob Butterfield, Jason Witten, or as some websites call him, Witten. Yeah, who is it that was, by the way, who is it that called into the show and actually, he was talking in that fashion. He said Witten like that when he was talking. Like, I don't like your buddy Fred. I, yeah. I, it might have been, I don't know if it was Craig, but it was one of those recent call-ins and I totally noticed it, but oh. I, I forgot to mention it to you. Yeah, Witten. Push the button yeah, with exactly. his mitten. <laughs> that's exactly how he, that's what he said every time. Martavis Bryant is the final pick of the fifth round, which brings us up to where uh, where we're currently at in the pros versus Joe's love boat number four league. Martavis Bryant going to Sam Hendricks uh, from Extra Point Press. Sam Hendricks, of course, uh, you kind of alluded to this earlier. We'll talk to him uh, about it when he when he calls in. But um, he wrote has written two. Well, he's written several books. He's written two fantasy football guidebooks and a book on dating, a book on dating. We're going to talk about he's uh, he's also written. How to cheat on your wife without getting caught. Okay. He did not write that. We're going to talk about all the books he's written, but they're from a variety of different um, genres. He um, wrote a book. I was it the second one that you actually wrote the forward to. Yeah. I'm a terrible oh. writer. You have written it. Well, I edited. Oh, see, you yeah. should have just written it. Well, I've, that's not really. By the way, my do, daughter Ella has a sixty-page book about dragons that we need you to um, proofread. That she wrote. Yeah. Specifically, what about dragons? Like, is it like a fantasy yeah. story yeah, or? or something like that? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm down. I tried to read like three pages, and it's it's not terribly written, but it's like it's tough to follow. Like, you know, do you know what like first and third person is? You know, she has like five characters. I don't know. Well, there's plenty there of some tips, Bulky. Plenty of uh, pro athletes that are going to be selected in this draft tonight <laughs> that do not know the difference between first and third person. <laughs> Jonathan Stewart, the first uh, running back uh, off the board of the sixth round. We're at the 601 right now. I don't want to spoil the picks that are coming up because we're we're seeing it a little bit early. Uh, we saw two teams here, Dave, in Bob Butterfield and Jared Gruget, uh, ironically, right next to each other, both starting off with three straight receivers for their draft tonight. Nobody starts off with three straight running backs, something that we've seen done in the pros versus Joe's draft because this is a best all format. 28 rounds, a set it and forget it, no waivers in this league. You, Whatever team you leave with at this draft, you are going to battle with uh, for the, the start of the season. And I think with the early emphasis on running backs, especially with the literature that's out there in the uh, on the advice sites, I thought we would see that more so than when we're seeing the, the receivers go at Tonight, it's uh, it's the three-receiver combo going with two different teams. Yeah, the receivers are getting hit pretty hard, actually, in this draft. And uh, it's kind of good to see, actually. I like seeing that balance. 
Scott, Scott Fish, I'm not counting my chickens yet. Plenty of rounds to screw this up. He did say this is his first uh, live draft of the year. Um, so and he, I, I would say he's doing a, a pretty solid job so far in getting Le'Veon Bell, Alshon Jeffrey, Travis Kelsey, Jordan Matthews, TJ Yeldon. Very good job so far there. I like it. I like it because it's like he's picking guys kind of in the right spots and it's a pretty balanced team. So it's like, you know, he's taking good, interesting players with good upsides. All of them, every one of those players has upside. Who is it? I, I don't know which draft was last. I think it was Bob. Was it Bob Lung from uh, from FF Consistency? But somebody was drafting. When he called in, he said consistency like 30 times. It was great. He, um yeah, he knows how to sell his brand. Who was, it was somebody who was, who would, they were drafting on the end and they would stack two running backs or four running okay. backs in a row. And then to see David Dory from the huddle. David Dory. That's who it was. He yeah. was doing that. So I noticed I was commissioning a draft uh, last night, and it was a, it was also a DE, and our friend Danny Mueller was in it, um, because there is no FFPC DE that goes off without Danny Mueller in it. So <laughs> he's, he's, he's so nice. He's a great guy. He, he'll, he'll ask me to change him out of a draft, and he'll apologize for it. And I'm like, dude, you do like 100. I, right. Whatever you want me to do for you. Right. Give me to park your car or something. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. I don't really care. He, um, oh, here's a sandwich, Danny. Do you want something to do? What's Orange Crush? Well, I'll get it from across the street. Right. No problem. And you'll mail it. <laughs> That's fine. So he was in this draft and he was also doing the stacking thing where it yeah. was, you know, he would take players in bunches. He was also not on the, he was not on the term, but he was towards the end. Was of he trying to create runs, do you think? or what? I don't know what he was doing, but then somebody asked him, Blitzers, his team name, he said, Blitzers, I'm noticing the stacking uh, that, <laughs> yeah. that you're doing. Um, was that your strategy going in? And then there was, he didn't say anything for a couple of minutes and then he popped in the chat. Well, you're assuming I have a strategy, <laughs> which, you know, he he's just, very funny. and then he said something like, look, I got another draft starting in an hour. I'm just trying to get this over. With. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was great. Um, so we, we're not seeing a whole lot of stacking going on, but what we are seeing is a lot of uh, different positions going off in this round. Not a lot of run. I touched on the Jonathan Stewart pick to Sam Hendricks at the 601 Peyton Manning and Jordan Cameron are the next two uh, players selected after that is Cameron Dave. He's a seventh tight end off the board. So already by the 603 tonight, seven tight ends off the board. I'm noticing, and, and nobody has two yet. I noticed, yeah, at least that's kind of nice for the people who don't have one. Right. And so they're like, damn it, you know, you gotta get all pissed off. Also, the quarterbacks are going a little bit earlier in this draft, I'm noticing than, than in the other drafts. So you're seeing the tight end and the quarterbacks going a little bit earlier. Um, which if I was a person that didn't have a tight end or quarterback, I'd actually be pretty happy about it because I could then I could then grab another receiver and another uh, running back. I would definitely like quarterbacks like totally fall in this draft at this point. I'd be stacking running backs, receivers, and then grab one tight end at least. Yeah, no, I, I'd be uh, I'd be doing the same thing. Uh, what do you make of Jordan Cameron? I, I think we're going to, you know, I, I started preparing the show with Rob um, on Friday, and I think we're going to talk a little bit about the Dolphins offense again because I think it's an interesting one. They've, they've added a lot of pieces there, and people are still trying to make sense with how they're going to use them. I think what I'm going to bring up on the show is my opinion is, Unless your name is Jarvis Landry, I may, and you're on the Dolphins, I may not be selecting you this year. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Because there's so much unknown. Like, we right. don't know. Like, Greg Jennings, is. It, they're talking about him having a, not just a role in the offense, but a significant role in the offense. Kenny Stills was, there was a report from a beat writer, I believe it was a beat writer from ESPN or, or somebody with one of the Miami publications down there, said that Kenny Stills could actually be running behind uh, Landry, Parker, and Jennings this year. Sure. Parker could be pupped, and Jennings is is no pup himself. I mean, that that guy is as old as the hills, 
and they're talking about stills running behind. I mean, and then Cameron, you have with the concussions and everything. It's it's real. I like Tannehill too. Tannehill yes. and Landry. But other than that, man, it's it's kind of a crapshoot at this point. Well, I mean, if we're talking about the team and we're talking about Cameron, I do love Tannehill. I think there's he has a ton of weapons. Even if some of them get hurt, get concussions or whatever, he's in great shape. He's he had very few starts in college. So he's a he's a late bloomer as a quarterback, and they're paying him, they're paying him well. I think the organization's a train wreck. Cameron, to me, though, there's a lot of landmines with him. I mean, he's got he's got the concussion issues, all the whole injury bug, and then he's coming over to a new team. I just I just I have a tough time trusting him with any. I can't feel comfortable with him on my team as my number one tight end. I I would need to like I would need to back him up with like Keith Miller and then some other like some other upside guy. I would need so I would have to I'd have to draft other tight ends. Uh, you know. I can't remember what show I was listening to, but they, they were talking about Cameron, and they actually said that Charles Clay, when he was healthy last year, was one of the most targeted. And I and this stat means nothing because they can't remember what number he was on the list. But I know he was one of the most targeted tight ends uh, in the NFL last year on a game, you know, per game basis. He's so, always open. Well, and, and he's a good player, and, and they utilize the tight end in that offense, and you know they didn't have a ton of other. You know, I mean, who who are the receivers last year? It was Hartline. Well, it was Landry for the second half of the season, but it was Brian Hartline and Mike Wallace who, you know, that Landry that played that, more than just the second half. No, but he was not really relevant until like the second half of the NFL he season. Had 90 catches, right? Yeah, and he crushed it the second half of the season. Like he was <laughs> nine amazing. Yards, nine yards of catch. Yeah, well, that, again, that's fine. And see, that's that's what I was talking about with with drafting receivers. Is I'm all about the targets, you know. Yeah. Uh, a reception is as good as 10 yards, you know? So that's, and I'm fine with that. Look, so I know how the math works. Paul. You well, I'm just saying, like you, well, okay. Maybe I just, I'm, I respect <laughs> the math more than you. I'm like Walter White respecting the science <laughs> yeah. or respecting the chemistry. Excuse me. Just give me, just give me the tub. I can make this stuff. Roddy White goes to the pick after Jordan Cameron to Matthew Stewart as his first receiver. Dave Roddy White is his number one receiver with that four running back and quarterback start. Todd Gurley goes to Corey Parson. The pick after that Deshaun J uh, Jackson to Michael Sheffer at his third receiver in the sixth round, followed by Amir Abdullah. Ben Roethlisberger and Joyke Bell. So the Lions creating a big Ben sandwich here in the sixth round. And then we have uh, three straight receivers. Thanks. Three straight receivers off the board. Vincent Jackson, Allen Robinson, and Sammy Watkins to finish it up. Sammy Watkins going to Derek Brinkman. Allen Robinson to the football guys and Vincent Jackson to Paul Friel. Vincent Jackson, latest, or excuse me, uh, Allen Robinson, latest I've seen him go in a while, Dave. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, you know, 610, 611. That's pretty good. I would, that's really, that's, that's tremendous good comparatively to how he's been recently. Tremendous value. I'm a, I'm a fan of that. I think it's also interesting that Matthew Stewart had the option of going with a proven guy in Vincent Jackson, a, uh, a young up, young up and coming, really three young up and coming guys and Charles Johnson, Sammy Watkins, Allen Robinson. He could have gone with any of those guys, Deshaun Jack Jackson as well. He went with Roddy White over all those guys. And I don't know if it's a case of loving the electricity of the Falcons offense this year, loving the potential shootouts that Atlanta could be getting in, but getting the number two receiver in that offense over those other ones, uh, over the other options that he had, I think is, is, is interesting and kind of worth talking about here because I, I don't know if I'd be on board with that. Well, who would you have taken and said you would have, I mean, VJAX is another proven player that you could compare similarly to Roddy. I think I would have taken VJAX yeah. over, over Roddy. You like the Florida State quarterbacks. You like Sheamus. Well, I mean, hey, listen, 
when have I said anything bad about Roddy White on this show? Yeah, like last I have, week, I would, two days ago, 48 I have, hours I ago. Listen, for the entire duration of this show, which is <laughs> now in its fourth season, I have been stopping Roddy White from being mugged many a time. You do. You have liked Roddy. Yes. You've been dogging he, the last like, you, four shows. You want to talk about my boy? It's Roddy White. <laughs> it had been. Yeah, I mean, not, not, at the altar. not so much this year, yeah. Um, but so you would you would have taken uh, Watkins, Allen Robinson, Charles Johnson. I would not have taken Watkins over him. I would have taken Robinson and Jackson over him. I might have taken even Deshaun Jackson over him. But yeah, I really want to stay away from Washington in general this year. Although Morris, I can get on board with Morris. Actually, Dave, last year was he since he's been in the NFL on a PPR, you know, PPR scoring. He there's only been like five backs that have outscored him in general. Like overall, overall, and and, and it, it is crazy because he doesn't catch passes. But by yeah, that, Jarvis Landry's on the NFL Network. By so. that, by that rationale, that means he also doesn't get hurt either. That's true. And Absolutely. think about the season he had last year, really underwhelming. But I know he finished up there and run it is as far as where he finished him on running backs. And when you have a, a terrible season with an offense that was in disarray for the majority of the season, you still have Morris up there. I mean, it's only going to it should only get better i can't imagine it getting much worse if he stays healthy you know it's really interesting you know now that the way you're talking about this the whole washington team if you think there's a decent chance for a bounce back and i actually do the fact that everyone hates them makes them a lot more interesting right, because yeah. they're they're following so far it's you know it's kind of like buying stocks it's like once everyone hates a stock that's exactly when you should buy because everyone's already sold it anyone who's going to buy it now it's all it's all new buyers of course the, the other credo in the stock market is never try and catch a falling knife so that if you so think, is it, if, are if, the if, red are the Redskins the falling knives of, of high stakes fantasy football this that, year? That's the question. Uh, Phil Steele actually again not to bring him up again, but he does like the Redskins to have a big improvement this year. I am Morris finished as the 18th running back last year, which okay again that's that's not great, but there's no I mean, way he's not, he, bad. He's not gonna bad. finish behind Matt Asiata again this year. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> I think he finishes ahead of Joyke Bell as well. I can't see you know you know Probably. so I think that there's. There's, uh, but there's probably some rookies that are Fred Jackson. Around. I mean, for God's sake, <laughs> you, you don't want to go back and look at old stats because then you just get pissed about all these guys that you didn't have on your team. Yeah, that's true. Uh, anything else on the next round that you want to talk about? I, if I didn't say it already, I love the the six eleven pick to the football guys, Allen Robinson. I think that that was great. Um, oh, let's talk about the Lions running backs. Smush together a little bit more than they have been, mm-hmm. but Abdullah still going first just over Joyke Bell. Yep. So that's interesting too, and that's how you would would draft. If you're drafting a line running back, you'd be drafting Abdul over Joyke. Yes, I would actually. But you know, I'd, I'd like to hear what Jonathan. I wish Jonathan Bales would call in actually because I'm interested to hear his thoughts on Joyke Bell because I'm kind of down on him, but I do respect his opinion. So I'd like to hear what he had to say. And it's not like he like was in dire need of a running back there. He already had C.J. Anderson. He already had Joseph Randall. Which, by the way, both those guys right now have the upside of being top five running backs this season. Which I don't think Joyke Bell does, but you have those two guys there that could do that and still went after Joy. And then Plenty he takes downsides. What? Well, yeah, there is. Well, with Randall. with Randall, yeah. Not I don't know how much there there is with uh with Anderson. Uh so that is the sixth round, Dave. I have nothing else to say, and frankly, I don't care if you do because I want to move on. <laughs> Charles Johnson is the first pick of the seventh round to Derek Brinkman at the uh, 701 there. Shane Vereen and LeGarrette Blunt are the next two. Uh, selections teammates last year, but Vereen with the Giants this year and LeGarrette Blunt still with those Patriots to Paul Field at the 703. 
Speaking of the Patriots, Brandon LaFell is the 704 pick to Jonathan Bales. A couple of tight ends go off the board here, Dave. Delaney Walker uh, with Tevin Coleman in between them. Uh, Julius Thomas. So Walker, Coleman, Julius Thomas is how the middle of the seventh round shakes out. And then we get a couple of quarterbacks. Cam Newton and Matt Ryan with Nelson, a goaler, a goaler, <laughs> Aguilar, right between them uh, so far in the seventh round. So Tevin Coleman slipping to the seventh round here. We've been seeing him go in the sixth round before. Maybe we see uh, him and the player that shall not be named on the air until he's selected. Uh, drafted a little bit closer tonight. It's possible. It remains to be seen if if we're going to see that. I don't know if we've talked a whole lot of Julius Thomas on this show, but what do you make of him in, in Jacksonville this year? I, I, I feel like everybody's talking about the potential downside of what the situation he went from to the situation he's currently in. And nobody's really talking about how good he could be and how good those stats could be with Blake Bortles throwing to him this year. Well, I think Bortles is definitely going to show some improvement. Um, and Thomas, he got a huge contract. He's going to get a lot of targets beyond uh, Allen Robinson. I don't, I don't see Allen Hearns. I don't see Marquise really catching a lot of targets or, or getting a lot of targets. So I think Julius Thomas is going to be the number two there. So I think he's in really good shape. Yeah. I, I like he, him more than Cameron actually. I would take him over um, Jordan Cameron. Uh, yeah, I guess based on what I just said about the Dolphins, I would too. But I'd, I'm just glad there's more than two tight ends in the NFL that I can pick besides those two guys. I don't, what do you think about him versus Delaney Walker? What would you do? Thomas. I just I, – I, Walker listen, to me is not exciting. My enough. hatred for the Titans this year <laughs> I, is, is well known. And not the tight ends, the Titans. Uh, I, I just – Walker would really be the only guy I would take. Um, although with Sankey kind of falling, um, I feel like he's, um, Sankey's so cheap. I'd take Sankey. Yeah. All day long. Yeah. Uh, Starting I would, running back in the NFL who actually has good athleticism and just had a crappy first year with a crappy uh, coach. Wasn't on. I think well, you're fine. And I'll tell you the other guy that I would look and, at. And not to follow up with Sankey actually had really good elusiveness, elusiveness metrics with uh, pro football focus. They talked about it. elusiveness. Something one of their stupid stats. Is that, all these stupid stats. Hold on, I'm I'm being like I, a top ten, top fifteen elusiveness stat or something. Okay, I'm being completely like real, not sarcastic. Is that a word? Elusiveness. It is a word. Yeah. I feel like it should be elusivosity or something like that. You know, elusiveness seems so. I think it's a word. Like I think they use it. Lowest common denominator type word. <laughs> Well, you're talking to the fantasy community. Well, we're going to call it elusivosity on this show because that sounds like that. way way better. So, um, the other thing I was going to say with um, with uh, oh, Sankey, oh, yeah, Austin no, was... yeah, the Titans. Thank you, the Titans. No, don't touch me. The one guy I will say <laughs> that is that your bad shoulder. No, okay, my my shoulder is fine. Either one is fine. I thought well, the one you had that subluxation and it just yeah it had I got eight anchors in it but that was like four years ago you know those the surgeries they heal up and everything do you have full so range fine. of motion on it again I can't do squats but I can do bench press and climb deadlifts uh, military and stuff like that why can't you do squats because of the weight that's being no you have to you have to put your arm back I can't get the I can't get the arm back far enough you know my wife got thrown off a horse when she was a kid and her left arm. Mm-hmm. her elbow you can only bend it to a ninety degree angle which you can't go for like can't go she, she cannot up at all and i've tried doing it and it kind of grosses me out you know trying to do you can't it's like surgically like she's like this six million dollar woman you know (laughs) that that you can't bend that that back divorce her and take it really creepy no i'm not gonna do that um at least not for that reason just kidding honey let's talk about um the other guy from the titans that i would look 
late, but I have to see more from preseason with this Justin Hunter nonsense, you know, kind of sorting itself out. And DGB uh, having an extremely high ceiling based on his metrics and his size and everything like that. If he makes a few plays in the preseason, I certainly would look at him late, but he may be off the board. But, so, <laughs> but he's he's one guy. If, if, yeah. if the planets align, Dave, oh, then I would look at him. To complete the seventh round, Rashad Jennings goes to Jared Gruget and Isaiah Crowell to Sam Hendricks at the 7-12. Let's talk about the Giants running backs in this round, Dave. Vereen to Alex Julio and Austin Lee from four guys at the 7-02, and then at the 7-11 is when Rashad Jennings goes off. I believe Jennings is still the starter there, and I think this is the first PVJ where we've not only seen Vereen go in front of him, but Varingo this far in front of him, almost a full round. Is this is this sort of what we're in for as we move through draft season? That the pass catching elusivity of Shane Vereen going to be driving him above Rashad Jennings in drafts? Uh, yeah, I think it's possible. Um, with Vereen, you have more upside. You have more of an unknown. Rashad Jennings has the injury bug, plus he has a history of being okay. You know, he's not been great. Right. Yeah. No, that's a good yeah, point. Alex, I, I'm guarantee Alex would uh, would vouch for Jennings, though. I'm just looking at, at Jonathan Bales. Why would he? Why would he vouch for Rashad Jennings? He's just a, you know, the type of guy he likes. He just likes Jennings. I think he just thinks he's good. So it's not. I, I think he just he thinks he's the starter. He's gonna you know he'll get all the he'll get all the, okay. he'll get the goal line stuff. So I didn't know if it was a Jennings thing or he, like he's a he likes Jennings type players, which it sounds like he likes Jennings type players. He likes Jennings in particular. Just but he's a Giants fan, so I mean okay. he might. Might know me. I'm looking at Jonathan Bale's team right now, Dave, and I got to tell you, there's a lot of players on that squad that both you and I like <laughs> either this year or last year. Yep. I mean, I think about it. I'm not allowed to talk about the guy he took in the eighth, so per, per an email what? I got from a player. About the show? No, you just said don't talk about that player anymore. I'm sick of you. Can I talk about him? Yeah, you can talk about him. Okay, I'll talk. I can't. I, can't I just look at – I mean, like – I love I've loved Antonio Brown since he's been in the NFL. I love CJ Anderson this year. You love Hopkins this year. I like Keenan Allen. I like Joseph Randall. Uh, I did like Joyke Bell quite a bit last year. I love LaFell this year, and we both love this guy at at the um at the the 809 and Bullen. You can't say his name. I can. I really love the way that that team's shaping up. Now, granted, no quarterback, no tight end yet. I'm not concerned about the quarterback, but I am a little bit concerned about him not having a tight end when you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven tight ends off the board, including right next to him, Kevin Slagle has two in Ertz and Walker. Well, and the thing is, in the F in a lot of other formats, if you're playing in some other format with uh, two running backs, three receivers, one tight end, and it's just regular PPR, at this point, you could kind of be like, all right, well, everybody's got their tight ends. I don't really need to worry about it. So you could just kind of wait a couple of rounds to take one. You cannot do that in the FFPC because guys will start popping them off left and right. They'll be right. like, boom, boom, boom. All of a sudden, you wait two rounds, eight more tight ends because they're all starting to grab their second tight end. And you're like, well, what the hell happened? I'll take Mercedes Lewis. And then, then you're, you're done for. The team's over. People ask me all the time, like, what's some advice you would give a first-time player in the FFPC or the Football Guys Players Championship? And I always said, like, be aware of what's going on with the tight ends. Don't get stuck without them. And then, you know, these guys go to the draft. They do the draft. I talk. Matthew, it's like, oh, how'd it turn out? I'm like, all oh, this tight ends, I just wasn't prepared for. <laughs> like, I told you to be prepared for yeah. the tight ends, like, and they still let it go. So. It's almost impossible to get what would be deemed as traditional value on a tight end in the FFPC. So if you can just kind of like pay sticker, like, like if you're, it's like you're buying a you know car when 
force comes out, like the, hey, the brand new BWM four is coming out and no one has it. And if you can go to your local dealership and actually just get it at sticker price, kind of all right with it. Cause it's like everyone else is paying like five grand over, over sticker out in LA and New York. That's fine. Pay sticker, you pay your sticker on your tight end and you're fine. There you go. Pay sticker on tight ends, ladies and gentlemen, as we complete our first hour of the broadcast tonight. We're kicking off the second hour of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour here. Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak covering the pros versus Joe's draft. Love boat number four. Let's I know who go. That is. You know who it is? Yeah, it's got all the numbers in front of it. Well, we, it must be from a foreign country. Okay. Well, okay, I, I believe we're going to talk with this gentleman uh, about a little more than fantasy football. We'll talk about the literature that he's been creating with his very artistic and talented mind. And we're going to talk a little bit about what he's been doing at the 12th spot. I do believe I have the privilege of talking with Sam Slam Hendricks right now. Do I not? You do. Hi, Eric. Hi, Dave. So I, let me ask you a question. Why did you move to the, uh, the UK, right? Did you try to escape taxes or what's your, what's your deal? Well, that's a good, <laughs> that's one of the reasons. No, um, I actually, I'm a, I work for the U.S. Air Force. I teach uh, guys how to fly the F-15E, which I used to fly. So uh, I had to come over to a base um, in England where we have some airplanes. That's awesome. So you teach guys, yeah. did you, I, the audio cut out, so it was an F-15, F-16? F- F-15Es, the Strike Eagles. That's awesome. So the, the movie Top Gun was a, you know, pretty realistic. Do you, do you play volleyball, beach volleyball with those guys, or, or what do you guys do over there? <laughs> um, you know what? The only thing that wasn't very realistic is we wear our gloves the whole time we're flying, and those guys kind of took their gloves off. But they were Navy guys, so they, they cheat a little bit. <laughs> Sam Hendricks joining us tonight uh, live from England, where it is like 2 in the morning there right now. So, uh, Sam, what, what, you got the, the, uh, the Red Bull going on over there. What are you doing to stay awake for this draft? It is, guys. I took. Uh, I went and had a big Indian dinner, and then took a little power nap. And now I've had a. I got a couple of, uh, a couple of uh, accoutrements in front of me to keep me awake. So uh, hopefully, I haven't affected my draft, and it may have affected my Alfred Morris pick. But we'll we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Well, let's let's get into into your draft. You were I saying. More, I'm going to ask more lifestyle questions. That's fine. I'm you can. Bring it. We're going to talk about other lifestyle stuff while we have Sam on. Uh, you were talking in in the chat room uh, before the draft started. Who's going to be available? At the uh, at the one twelve for you, and you said you you know hopefully Foster and, and Jones, and I said well I think Foster will be, but I didn't know about Julio Jones. I thought he would have gone, but he actually both guys made it to you. Get Foster and Julio Jones to start off your draft. You had to be very excited that both those targeted players uh, that you were hoping for that you, they fall to you at the one twelve and two hundred one, Sam. Yeah, I, I was happy they were there. I, I would have liked some other guys that were drafted earlier. It could have fallen to me, but I, I planned on having Foster and. And Julio Jones, like I said, it was 50-50 whether he was going to make it back to me. I really expect some good things with him. And uh, I was very excited for him to uh, fall back to me. I believe this is the first pros versus Joes draft where we've had four tight ends go in the first three rounds. You selected the fourth tight end uh, of that uh, of those four uh, in Golson at the 312. Was that a pick? Uh, Sam, that you made based on the fact that you were drafting on the end and did not want to get caught in case there was a big tight end run going on uh, in the fourth and fifth, excuse me, in the fourth round before it got back to you. Yeah, that's exactly right. I was uh, I was hoping Olsen would fall to me there. If he if he or Kelsey were there, I was going to take them. If not, I was prepared to go to the fifth and sixth and then double up to catch up with uh, hopefully Ertz or Witten or Cameron and. Uh, Unfortunately, Ertz and, and Witten had already gone. Cameron was the only one left. I was thinking about doubling up there, but uh, Cameron with his concussions, and he has the same bye week as Olsen, so I passed on Cameron in the, uh, in the sixth. 
Sam Hens from uh, Extra Point Press uh, joining us. He's the author of the FF Guidebook, both the first one and the second one. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the other books that uh, you have out and the other books that you will have out shortly, Sam. But we, we alluded to this earlier with the Alfred Morris selection. Now, I'm kind of on board with him this year at solid RB2, uh, which wow, is what man, he will Stafford be on your team. Two? Manning and Stafford? Come on, guys. You're killing me. But let's say, hey, th this this is what happens in, in these drafts. <laughs> um, but but with the with, uh, with the more then, with, man, if, if, listen, man, there's there's no there's no guidebook for the pros or pros, Sam. <laughs> this is this is this is just uh, freewheeling, flying by the seat of your pants drafting, which is why we love broadcasting it. With uh, yeah. I like Morris as, as an RB two this year, but I think that um, the large majority of fantasy drafters would say he doesn't have the upside of the five guys that went after him, Ellington, Hyde, Gordon, Spiller, and Miller. Talk a yeah. little bit about why you made Morris action there over those guys. You know, Dave kind of hit on it. I, it was more of a conservative pick. I like to go conservative in the first four or five rounds. Morris has got, I don't know, some kind of average like 1,200 or 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns for the last three years. So he's a good safe pick there. Uh, I like Lamar. I had Lamar. I actually had Lamar Miller ahead of Morris, but I just couldn't pull the trigger on him. Um, it was debatable between him and Spiller and uh, and Ellington, and for some reason I just kind of panicked and went with Morris. We'll see. We'll see if that hurts me or helps me down the road. Do you kind of agree with the, the assertion of the Redskins because they're so? First of all, they have they're called the Redskins. They're not changing their name. Everybody hates that. But then that their team sucks. They had a bad year last year. Um, so everyone's down on them. Does that kind of? I mean, that does that represent value to you? Because I mean. The NFL is funny. Every single year, a team will go two and fourteen or fourteen and two, but you still start out zero and zero the next season. All of a sudden, all of these teams that you want know, two and fourteen, three and thirteen, they go like seven and nine or eight and eight. Yeah, I think they've got the potential there. I think everybody's Morris is always in a PPR league. He's always kind of dumped back to the bottom uh, because he doesn't catch a lot of passes, but he's there for the yards. He's there for the touchdowns. And as long as Matt Jones doesn't steal steal anything from him, I'm I'm pretty happy with it. Sam Hendricks joining us on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Sam, it looks like you are going to be on the clock oh, shortly yeah. here. You just started off a quarterback run, taking Drew Brees at the 801, and then we yeah. saw Brady, Hill, Romo, Manning, Staff, and Rivers go off the board. What are you thinking here with these next two picks? Well, I love Brees in the eighth. I, I, I'm going to go tight end here, but I can't, I've can't. i got to make a decision between Dwayne Allen or Heath Miller um, or even ASJF maybe is the you know a little bit of a I think I'm going to go ASJF as long as the bye weeks don't clash because I think he's got a little upside. Heath Miller's the safe pick. I've got him at value, um, but it's basically a coin toss between those guys. And, any choices? I like ASJF. I like ASJF. Yeah, yeah, I would take ASJ. That's what I would. Yeah, do. Yeah, I know. I know you would. <laughs> You're high on. I like Dwayne Allen this year, but uh, and there was some news about the Colts that came out when I was having dinner, and I. Don't know what it was. It wasn't like Dwayne Allen was cut or anything, was it? Drug bust. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what what. what <laughs> let me look this up here. Listen, I think that this is something. Hey, did, you know, did Trump have like a news conference too? Check that out and see what Trump's up to. I'll go with. I, uh, we uh, had, hey, what yeah. do you guys think of Trump over in the UK? So, I'm sorry, say again? What do they think of Donald Trump in the, in the United Kingdom? He's oh, leading the Republican right now. Yeah, they're not. Uh, they're not. They're not. We, we get snippets of news. We don't get the Fox. We don't get the big stuff. We just get selected oh. parts, and then uh, it's it's slowly disseminated to the mass publics. Kind of like China. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's exactly. kind of like <laughs> they, they don't let you 
throw all the rest of it. <laughs> Sam, I'm just saying this. You did indeed take Austin Safari and Jenkins. Yeah. I just want to let you know that uh, Dave and I bear no responsibility if this pick uh, does not work out. Or if you're going to force us, it was all Dave's idea, and he just twisted my arm and said, agree with me. Yep. It's I love it. Great pick. What about this next one here? What are you doing at the 10 well, one You know, I'm deciding about whether I should double up on the quarterbacks uh, or uh, go with a wide receiver because I'm obviously a little short on wide receiver. Um, basically, Who do you like your wide Who's out there for you? But Torrey Smith, and he's not, a, he's, not a, he's not a super pick, but he's there and going to San Francisco. He'll be the number one guy. I think I'm going to end up going with him. Yeah, he gets, gets touchdowns. Good in yeah. this format, too, a big play type guy. Yeah, exactly. I don't have to figure out what, what week he's doing well. Just plug, you know, he, the, the computer will figure out when he's having a big week, and he should have a couple of big weeks at San Francisco just because they'll be behind, and hopefully uh, he'll be the man. The voice you are hearing is Sam Hendricks. He wrote the Fantasy Football Guidebook, the Fantasy Football Tips books, and actually you have a third Fantasy Football Tips books uh, coming out. Uh, well, you're planning on it right now. And uh, tell, tell us what's, uh, what's going to be in the third edition that wasn't in the first two. Well, uh, obviously the daily uh, fantasy football is uh, a huge deal now, and I didn't cover it at all in the first two books. So I'll have some tips with that, um, talking about some of the different um, formats in the leagues where you can play, and, and basically just some advice on, on where to go with those things. Well, Sam, we need to work on the titles. We don't want to call it fantasy football tips. We want to call it like – why not? Destroying people in daily fantasy sports. Boom. You know what I mean? Like really market the hell. Would stuff. you include boom in yeah, the title? Yeah, put boom, damn it. Did, did, I'll crush I'll, your ass. Boom, damn it. I'll crush your ass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How to win in daily fantasy. Sam, I'll write the forward for this one, buddy. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, you got it. We'll get the marketing going. Sam, it. It, Sam, you can uh, you can buy Sam's books, the the guidebook and, and the tips book. Uh, my books are sold. You can also check out his uh, work of fiction, a military thriller called Just One More. That came out last summer. And you have a new book. Uh, tell us a little bit about financial planning the fighter pilot way. Yeah, that's, uh, yes, that, comes out title. that comes out in October. It's uh, basically everything you should have learned in high school about financial planning, um, but you didn't. And I've kind of simplified <laughs> it because us fighter pilots like things very simple. So uh, I tried to keep it very basic, very simple. Everything you really need to know with, without a lot of formulas and charts and graphics and too much gobbledygook, basically. Yeah, too much gobbledygook, never good, uh, never which good. there's always too much of that on, on the show. You can follow Sam on Twitter at FF Guidebook and check out uh, all his books that are being sold wherever books are and look for Financial Planning the Fighter Pilot Way coming out in October. Sam, thanks so much for joining us, man. We really appreciate it. And uh, we're going to do our best to keep this draft moving along so you can get a couple hours of sleep over there. Thanks, guys. Thanks for helping me with ASJF. I'll, I'll hold you to that one. We'll see. All right, but you <laughs> book email. it, book it, man. We're, we're uh, I'll tell you what, we'll refund the, the entry fee of this league. <laughs> oh, sounds great. Hey, thanks for doing this. Uh, it's a great format, and uh, basically, uh, go home, you know, go big or go home, man, because this is a great way of, uh, of promoting uh, fantasy football, and I love the first place prize with, you, with the FFPC in the main event. Well, that's awesome, man. We, we certainly appreciate it. We, we appreciate you playing in this every, every year, too. Uh, we're lucky to have a guy like uh, you in this. And uh, best of luck to you, not in, only in this league, but in all your leagues this year. Thanks. Same to both of you guys. We'll see you later. So, Hendricks joining the show tonight, Dave. That was very cool. From England. Live from England. <laughs> see, you should have more British. Hello, Gatorade <laughs> Studios. See, why didn't you do that as the intro when you brought him in? I don't know. It just didn't seem right. Why not? Would you like to? It's, it's not racist. I mean, they're like, they're white folks. We no. Just, we just 
I, nationalist. Just, I just leave their their whole idiotic country and I'll come over here. Um, like 400 500 years ago. Well, how about how about the next the next uh FF Tips book mm -hmm. title? This one goes to 11. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how, how to win a DFS. Yeah, I mean, you have to have seen Spinal Tap, I guess. Oh, who hasn't seen Spinal Tap at this point? Who are failing at life? Uh, that's true. Let's uh, keep it right on the phone tip here and go right back to the phone lines here on the Love Boat High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour draft of the Pros versus Joes. It's league number four. Who do we have on the line now? Oh, Belky, it's Butterfield. Oh, <laughs> Bob Butterfield. From, of course, all-purpose Roto, the host of the Fantasy Football Tactics podcast, the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship podcast. Really, Bob, I've been digging the podcast. I've been digging all the players that, and, have, been, and, that have been coming on there. And he's been digging on your team, and, by the way. Well, he's hold been on. dogging the now, now, let's 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 get right into this, Bob, and talk about uh, how you started your draft. Got no issues with the, with the first two picks. I think that they were great. Demarius Thomas, A.J. Green, yeah. love the way you started off. And then Emmanuel Sanders uh, and, and Carlos Hyde. Let's talk about them one at a time. How much of the Sanders selection there at the 303, how much of that was you already have ET collecting another Denver target in that Peyton Manning offense? Yeah, no question in this format. I felt with DT, I would take Sanders, and that would lock me up for the scoring uh, every week on that team. Um, with, with Julius Thomas going, I'm not a big fan of Owen Daniels. I'm worried about C.J. Anderson. I'm not like the rest of the, a lot of other folks. So I'm pretty confident the floor on Sanders is very high, and I'll take it. I don't expect him to do last year, but I like his every week production. Yeah, we'll say uh, in regards uh, to Sanders, in your defense, I, I mean, how many? I'm looking at 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Fit, he was the 15th receiver off the board, so it's not like you paid a high price. Um, mm -hmm. I, I've you know, I own Carlos Hyde in, in the Blake Harrington Dynasty League that I, that I always talk about on this show, and I've been lamenting uh, the prospects of him ever since the, the exodus happened of the San Francisco defense. Mike <laughs> Iacotti. It's about really what it's been. Mike Iacotti going to, to Arizona. So we all know the bad parts about Carlos Hyde, but tell us about the good parts about uh, why you made him the 403 selection tonight. And I'm not sure there was a lot of good parts. It was uh, pretty much three wide receivers <laughs> going running back zero and looking at what was left on the board there. But Hyde, Hyde's got upside. I'm a little concerned. The, the Niners are an explosion this year. But, uh, you know, he's going to get a lot of touches. So so just like, uh, you know, Gerzak's talking about, you know, at least I got, I feel, guaranteed 15 to 20 touches a week. And, and for my fourth fourth draft pick, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah and I, I agree with that. And I do like the Jarvis Landry pick that you made right behind that. Right right. as I was talking about how much I love you scoop yeah. up in the in the fifth round, and you know what, I, Bob? I actually like that too because I don't know if you don't take him at the five ten. I'm not sure that he makes it back to you with uh, with Sam Hendricks only having one receiver at that point. He might have been the, the selection instead of Martavis Bryant there, and I like Landry loads better than Martavis. I guess in this format, it's a little bit different because well, Sam's already called in and hung up, so he's not going to call. Back. No, I mean he can call back and feel free. I I, I have no problem with that. Um, but I want to move further past that, uh, past Landry. I brought up on the show, I think on Friday, on our Friday show about, or maybe it was one of the pros versus Joe's broadcasts last week, but we're hoping that this Tom Brady appeal uh, business is not heard and that they delay uh, what's going to happen with him longer so you can keep scooping him up at a value in drafts, correct? Oh, yeah, no problem. Taking him, at, that was at the eighth round, I think, for him. Um, I don't know, what, what round was it I got him? 
got him in the eighth. Yeah, eighth round. Eighth round. I'll take Tom Brady all day in the eighth round. And I ponied up with Ryan. I wanted back-to-back top quarterbacks. Uh, that follows the Landry Cameron picks. And, again, best ball format. I'm thinking I've got uh, the Miami touchdown machine right there. I don't think Omar Miller is going to be a touchdown magnet, so I'm not worried about that. And between Brady and Ryan, I think going down the stretch, uh, I'll be in pretty good shape for quarterback. I thought that was really a shrewd of you, actually, because you took Matt Ryan, then Drew Brees goes. And then by taking Brady, you know, only five players had quarterbacks behind you. So there's nine, you know, nine teams. Five of them had quarterbacks. How many teams? Nine teams. <laughs> so then, so you come back around and then it really forces people to, to kind of get into that groove. It's like, I know that you see a Tannehill, Romo, Eli, Stafford, Phillip Rivers. So out of those, what do we have? 18 picks. You know, one, two, three, four, like five of them are kind of wasted on you at least because you don't care about those five players. You already have two quarterbacks. That's right. Yeah, and I'm definitely playing the game now with uh, tight, end, tight end and running back. So I was really happy. I mean, Gates is a roll of the dice, but to get a player like that in the 10th round to pony up with Cameron, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. You know, Balky, those are some of the draft positions I love. I love like the three pick and the 10 pick. Because yeah. you really can, yeah. yeah, I do too. You can you can take advantage yeah. of what the one and two are doing. You can take advantage of the eleven and twelve. I was actually thinking about that when I was well. Now that we have Bob on, I was I was thinking about when because you get to bid on your draft slots with your Fab budget in oh, Kentucky, yeah. and, and I was thinking about targeting that three and then that ten because I think that gives you a little bit uh, of an advantage. And there, it, Bob, you're four, not four. I'm sorry, four and nine is a little bit lesser. I mean, you can do it, but not quite as much. Yeah, you, you'd have to be way more talented than you and I. If you were Bob Butterfield, you could <laughs> Butterfield pull it could off. Yeah, it. he could pull it off. You and I could not. Yeah, sure. Uh, Bob, talk, let's talk about your uh, your ninth round selection of of Bishop Sankey. I know you're co-host Ooh. of the of the uh, All Purpose Roto podcast. Not a huge fan of of Sankey. No. Uh, Chris Mangan does not <laughs> no. like Sankey at no. all. Uh, are you? You know, sharing the belief that of Dave and I that at this point he he's almost becoming a value as a starting running back in the ninth round because everybody else is off him. Oh, I'm right with Dave on that. I agree. Ninth round, a guy is going to start, and, and based on my strategy here, I'm loaded up with four good wide receivers. I feel I've got two elite quarterbacks. Think he's a luxury to get a starting running back around nine. Uh, pretty happy that he was there. And I agree. I, I think the situation last year was terrible. And rookie running backs, I mean, we're all getting spoiled. We're thinking these rookies come in and are instant impacts. I mean, some guys take two or three years. So I think the jury's out. Brad Cruz was big on this kid when he started. Him. I think I'll give him another try. Bob, for uh, for the listeners who aren't familiar with uh, allpurposeroto.com and, of course, uh, the Fantasy Football Tactics podcast, give the listeners uh, a little taste of uh, what they can expect when they uh, when they check both of those things out. Uh, just check us out. Go to podcast, or blog talk, or iTunes, and search for All Purpose Roto. We're we're pretty happy just to be in the community with the rest of the folks. We try to have a, we try to have fun, just like you guys do on the show. And no question, you know, the high stakes has always been our favorite um, podcast because you guys dribble in uh, real life stuff with humor. And I don't want to listen to fifty minutes of statistics. I want to have some fun. Yeah, I, you know, it's all about the entertainment. It, we've gone so far on this show, Bob, where we 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 will not even just uh, give information where it's all about entertainment. We refuse to, yeah, we refuse to get offer like any kind of analysis, just, you know, make them laugh, make them laugh, make them laugh. That's what we do. I'm pretty wounded. I'm pretty wounded it's right now, both because I really, <laughs> thought I, was, I really guys, I really thought I was going to get Doug Martin right here. This was just a bummer that he just went. Damn. I'm telling you in the 11th round though. I mean, you can't possibly. Well, no, but here's the thing. Yeah. If you look at the, at the way Bob, 
constructed his team. He's really good at receiver. He's already got two tight ends, two quarterbacks. You you look at the possibility of Martin falling. Right. Uh, what would it have been? But that would have, that would have been like amazing. Three more he's spots. Going, he's going to go in the eighth round. Well, not always. Yeah. You know, Martin's kind of it, it depends from right. from draft to draft. Right. Uh, Bob, you were going to be in Cincinnati uh, for the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship coming up on yep. what? He went to Cincinnati. Why doesn't he come to Kentucky? He's doing 20, both. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. Sorry He's going to be in Cincinnati on the weekend of the 23rd. We're going to hang out with you uh, the weekend of yep. the 29th and 30th in Kentucky at Louisville. Have him come on. Is he going to come on? Yes. Bob, Bob is going to be coming on. We'll be, we'll be on the side table, like right. no talking to us. So the plan is, I believe that Bob is going to be coming on for part of the show on the 21st, yep. and then uh, he's going to be hanging out. Uh, that weekend, so Bob is gonna uh, hopefully uh, come on on the twenty on on the show we're doing on the 29th, whatever that yeah, Friday is. Yeah, so Bob yeah, is gonna hang on. We're gonna get real familiar. Yeah, I just don't want to bid on a spot. I'm gonna make sure I bid on a spot after Gerzak has his position. So hey, I'm on the clock here, guys. It's pretty disappointing. Yes, let's talk goes. about it. I'm kind of it's kind of crazy, guys, but I'm kind of thinking Garcon, man. I know it's a fifth wide receiver, but my goodness, he is, did, I think he just went. I, oh I, I think he just, he went to Matthew Stewart right beforehand. <laughs> hey, I would say against it. <laughs> That's a good pick. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a great pick. Um, what uh, you got to be looking at running back here, right? Wouldn't you think, Bob? With with yeah, two maybe. running backs here in round eleven? Yeah, they're they're so crappy now. I'm not too impressed with them. So, um, <laughs> and actually, you know, I'll wait. I'll wait and string a bunch of four stringers here in my mash unit. I'm not worried about that. My performance All is right. going to come from wide receiver, tight end, and quarterback. So why worry about these crap running backs right now? I'm not touching them. I, I, I guess maybe. I like the conviction. You know, I got no gates. I got no gates. Is that Ebron here maybe? Uh, you know what? I, I, what about Ladarius Green? Did he go? Did I miss him? No, he's still available. You can take Ladarius Green I'm and pop totally. those two together. Nah, I think, I think I'm done with him. I think I'm done with that Ladarius Green story. Everyone else can buy on him. <laughs> All right. You're going with the, the upside of uh, Ebron in his second year? Is that the selection here? I think so. What do you think, Gerzak? What do you think? Don't ask him to give you a vote of confidence on Ebron. I'm, never, I'm the never, Ebron guy. I've never show. been a big Ebron uh, fan because he, I don't know, he just drops too many passes, but that's just my opinion. I mean, now he went the deal. There you go. in the draft and it's his second year. That's what we took. I like so it. Thanks, Dave. Thanks you know for that ringing endorsement. Yeah, but if Gerzak was ever mugging you, I would he, save you for. This is the eleventh round of an FFPC draft. For God's sakes, it's not that. There you bad. go. Check out uh, check out Bob on hey, Twitter guys. at All Purpose Roto. Check out AllPurposeRoto.com, and of course the Fantasy Football Tactics Podcast. You can download it on iTunes. Check it out on Blog Talk Radio as well. Bob, thanks for uh, for coming on. We're going to talk to you again real soon. Uh, we're going to have you coming on the show a couple of times in August. Uh, very excited. You uh, you had a lot of success last year, your first year in Kentucky, and you're going to be playing the FFPC this year. So a lot of great stuff to talk to you about. Thanks so much for calling in, and uh, good luck Thanks, this guys. season, man. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Bob Butterfield from allpurposeroto.com, at allpurposeroto on Twitter. Chris Mangan is his uh, co-host uh, on the podcast. And, you know, I will say this. For people who listen to a lot of fantasy football podcasts, and which are sick, is just pretty much you sick, and two other people. That's not true. Sick of hosts agreeing all the time, which has been like a lot of people have said that you and I agree too much. A lot of people have said about oh, really? the football guys' podcast. They don't like when they agree all the time. Chris and Bob actually disagree quite a bit, and it makes for an yeah. entertaining show. Like the odd couple. Uh, not to that level, mm. but uh, but yeah, I it's I always uh, I always enjoy those half hour romps that they put out. And then <laughs> and you know the other great thing is too on Thursday they bring a lot of 
um, the Farrell, Elliot, the commissioner of the KFFFC will come on. And he usually brings in uh, one or two other guests from the KFFFC that actually also play in the FFPC. So you get some high stakes players coming on that show too as well. So, so check that how out. How many people do they have on at one time? Like 10? Sometimes I, I think- It's like the, a Royal Rumble no, of guests. The most I've ever heard has been four, but I, no, no, I take that back. I think this past they had five on. I mean, we already talk, I mean, with three people, it's me, you, and whoever's on. Right. We already Sometimes talk, four. We I already talk had... over each other all the time. It's true. We do. It's rough. It is rough. Not as rough as this phone call is going to be. Let's go back to the phone lines here. NYC? On, on the high stakes fantasy football hour. I think I know who this is, uh, but go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners caller. Hey, what's going on, fellas? It's uh, Corey Parson, the fantasy executive. How's everybody doing out there today? We're doing terrible. We're doing fantastic. And Corey, I wanted to talk about how much I liked your team at the start. And Dave said, nope, wait till Corey calls in. So now I'm going to fawn all over your team. Look what you, happened. It fell apart. No, it did not fall apart. We're, we're really loving it. We knew you were going to take, we knew you were going to take Des at the 108. You get Cobb and Andre after that. Spiller and Bernard. So many receptions, Corey, in those first five rounds for you. Yeah, no doubt. That's kind of how I wanted to enter into the draft. I was looking at, I mean, you can't predict touchdowns, even though that's kind of our job to do that. But when I can't predict these targets, and I wanted to get guys who's going to be wide receivers and running backs that were going to be heavily involved in the passing game and get those short points right up front and kind of wait around for the quarterbacks and tight ends a little bit later on. But definitely like the way I got out the gate, I just I think I just missed on T.J. Yeldon at one point. Had a pretty tough run with that one. Ended up throwing a little bit of stuff around the room. But other than that, um, pretty solid like uh, the way the draft is coming out so far. This is one of the latest selections I've seen for Todd Gurley in these drafts, too, is you snag him at the 605. That could be a really, really significant pick for you when the second half of the season starts. And it looks like, you know, with your first five choices, you're going to be able to weather that storm. Talk a little bit about what you think Gurley does this season and how soon we're going to see him uh, be successful in the NFL. Yeah, I think Gurley's a player that we're going to have to wait on, but I've just seen him going way earlier in drafts than, than, he, than, um, than he's going in this draft. And I guess that's because he pushed the Titans up the board. Also notice in this draft, the quarterback's being pushed up the board also. So Gurley was looking at a sweet value right there. Second half of the season play, I don't think he starts the season on the pup list, but I do think he gets into the mix. Trey Mason will start just miss-snagging him a couple rounds later on uh, to lock up that St. Louis running game because they can't throw the football worth a lick anyway. So basically, that was the, the, the that was the uh, the plan right there, and, and get Gurley a guy that's going down the stretch. He played sixteen weeks, the best ball right here. So I think anywhere between rent weeks, I think I can get a good, you know, if I can get seventy five percent of the seasons of a healthy Todd Gurley, I think that's a pick that can make a big difference. You know, you you're on the clock right, Corey. As uh, as the pick right before you goes off, it's uh, who is that? Dave? Vernon, Davis. Vernon Davis goes. Okay, so you're looking at uh, a selection here in the twelfth round. Take us through uh, your thought process as you make this selection. Um, trying to add another wide receiver to the mix right now, and we're also going to a guy that could be heavily targeted. I normally don't draft this player at all, uh, <laughs> but I got I got to go ahead and get. Ruben Randall, just because of the uncertainty with Victor Cruz, and he kind of fits into the scheme of this team right now. And I kind of had Vernon Davis snatched off the board and Owen Daniels right in front of me too. So that kind of hurts. But you know what? At times during this competition last year, after I lost Dennis Pitt, and I forgot who else I lost at the tight end, I was rolling Ed Dixon out there. So I don't think it gets <laughs> no worse than that at, at any point this season. <laughs> Dixon. Yeah, that was uh, – that. listen, that you were not the only one he bit. 
It, it was it was bad. Um, you get Randall in in the twelfth round as your fifth receiver. There makes a lot of sense with uh, Eli. A lot of people loving up Eli Manning this year, saying uh, how great he's going to be with Beckham and, and of course Danell and and uh, and Randall there. I, I like the Darren McFadden pick in the tenth round. I think you got great value there for you know what could be a. a a dynamite season for him, uh, and you're not really paying anything. I I do want to talk about the Kyle Rudolph pick in in the ninth round that you get right before McFadden. He's your only tight end right now. How concerned are you about you know being shut out from? Obviously, you're not going to be shut out at the position, but being shut out from a stable of like you know three or four really good tight ends in this tight end premium format. Yeah, this is uh this is kind of tough right here, but this is a gamble you take when you try to rack up those heavily targeted running backs and wide receivers a little bit earlier in the draft and. Got snake bit a couple rounds on guys that really wanted to get at a premium price. Miss Julius Point by one. Uh, Miss Julius Thomas by a couple of picks uh, in, on, in a, a, a few rounds ago. Also Miss Vernon Davis and Owen Daniels. So got to come back to the drawing board. I got a few guys in mind that I was looking at a late round tight end. To be honest, coming into this draft, my, my thought process was I wasn't going to select my first tight end to the 10th round. That was the strategy I was going with. I think I went up taking my first tight end in nine because, of, you know, tight ends push up the board a little bit too quickly on me in this one, especially in that T I was looking to get some tight ends from. So, you know, I got a couple of, I got a couple of dark horses down the stretch right here that may be able to, that may be able to help, help your boy out. Hey, Corey, you, uh, you're the producer for the Roto Experts show over at SXM Fantasy. I, Tim McCulloch won this competition last year, drafting one tight end, one GD tight end in the whole draft. Antonio Gates, he ends up winning the whole thing. Talk a little bit about what the reaction was, uh, you know, a, a, among the Sirius XM guys to McCulloch only uh, taking one and then winning the whole thing. Yeah, no, when he, uh, the morning after he did that draft, he came on that program. We told him a new one because there's no way. <laughs> that you know the rules to this and you come in here and you leave out that draft with three quarterbacks and one tight end. And that one tight end at the time was Antonio Gates. Now listen, yeah, Gates had a terrific season. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Gates had a terrific season. Beckham came on late. And of course we knew how Beckham was, how Beckham was for everybody that owned him. He was able to hit on a couple of position players, but like we always say, when you're in this industry and you giving advice to people, it's not, really about the outcome. It's about the reasoning behind the content. And there's no way that that, I mean, I hate to say this, fellas, but that was a fraud last year. That was a complete fraud. It, 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 that's not how. It goes totally against the rules of this competition. And I'll be honest with you, I hate to say it, you know what I mean? But, but he, there's so many different ways of skin the fantasy cat, but you cannot say that that was a good strategy going into that draft, taking one tight end, and 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 end up winning the whole thing, and you know now I don't want to see you writing columns about how to win it basketball and stuff like that. <laughs> it, it was a, it was a complete luck shot. Well, yeah. and the thing is, it's not like you know, it's not like he took steroids or you know put EPO into his ass or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, there was no contract. He didn't do anything illegal. He didn't deflate the ball. He played within the rules of the contest, and he just got lucky, right, Bucky? You know, Rob Vieira, who was the top Joe last year, he finished second to Tim McCulloch. I'm surprised he's not stumped more to get McCulloch's win thrown out and have him being named <laughs> yeah, the champion. There's after. no controversy. We don't, we don't know how clean. We, we know Gates wasn't clean. Well, we know he wasn't clean. Yeah. But, what, but McCulloch didn't know. Well, again, probably. I, I think probably, probably. this is a whole can of worms that might be worth <laughs> opening. Uh, and, Corey, I will say this. For whatever it's worth, we have – 
uh, two teams so far. I believe uh, Derek Brinkman at, at the drafting in the one spot, and then we have uh, Dynasty League Football Scott Fish at the in the sixth spot. They're the only two teams so far in this competition, as we are four drafts in, that have stuck with the whole, I'm only drafting one tight end. Now, I don't know if they're going to end this draft with one tight end, but everybody else so far in this competition has drafted more than one tight end. So hopefully we won't see see any copycats this year. No, no, they do it's a bad idea, and they'll get the finish that was meant for Tim McCullough last season. I'm sure, well, I hope those guys know a little bit better than that. Um, you know, come on now. I came in here last year. I had Dennis Titter. I believe it might have been Jordan Cameron. I put together a nice, you know what I'm saying, take a shot on Ed Dixon late. Ed Dixon ends up being my starter. I drafted the right way. That's supposed to be my main event team. Uh. <laughs> I'm, I'm, Do listen, I sound I'm better? Corey, you know what, Corey? They're, they're still available for sale. You can buy one. It's fine. No, this yeah, is or, true. or you can shake down McCullough. <laughs> Which is what I would do. I mean, I know guys in the industry never want to pay for a single thing ever, but I mean, we have these for sale. They're available to the public. This that is true too, and I will be out there in Las Vegas with the whole crew this year. You know that trip is the same weekend as the uh, as the Mayweather fight. No oh, way! Perfect. I know that. Nice. Uh, that is awesome. Hey, do you have some? Do you have some like industry hookups for tickets? <laughs> no, I don't. You know what? I don't know. <laughs> well, the, I don't know nobody going. on Team Mayweather. Oh come on, Corey! What's up? <laughs> I told you, I really don't. Bartering. Oh, man, I'm, a, I'm a white guy. I obviously have no connections whatsoever. But I mean, you know, maybe you know, black connections. Come on, let's go. Nah, I, don't, I don't have no. I don't have no connections to Team Mayweather, oh, so I'll go through the road deck and see what I can do, though. <laughs> yeah, right. dig it, dig it up. You do that. We're gonna let you get back to the draft here. Follow Corey on Twitter at the Fantasy Exec. Check him out as the producer of Roto Experts in the Morning Show on Sirius XM Fantasy. Corey, as always, thanks so much for calling in. Thanks for stepping in earlier uh, this year and co-hosting the show with Dave. I certainly appreciated that. And your daughter uh, was on. She was fantastic. And that was great too. We got we got to hear, you know, Steph, Stephen Curry's daughter has nothing on Corey Parsons' daughter. Absolutely. That, that was great. So. Go back. I agree with you. I agree with you fellas on that. <laughs> Corey, good luck in this draft. Good luck in all your leagues this season. And hopefully we, uh, we hook up out in Vegas this year. No doubt. Thanks a lot, fellas. All right. See you soon, man. Corey Parson from Sirius XM Fantasy, one of my favorite people that participate in the Pros versus Joe's draft. You, you and Corey would make a really good show. Yeah, I mean, it would be better than our show. Probably. No, I mean, Corey's I, great. Corey actually co-hosted the show when I was on my ice fishing trip um, in February, and you guys hosted. It, and I wanted to get my steps in on my Fitbit that day, so I got up early yeah. and I downloaded the show and I listened, and I belly laughed several times, <laughs> like awesome. out loud. You know, I thought you guys did a fantastic job. Well, so. you know, Corey was fantastic. He's great. He's I mean, great. he's he's a total pro. He's a great guy. Uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about team construction here, Dave. Um, let's start with the one pick this time as we move through here. We only have about oh, 24 minutes. To, I'm not sure I know how to do that really. Though. Well, I'm used to starting with you. Yeah. I know we we did we started with the 12 pick every draft last week. We'll start with the one pick tonight. All right, see I'll figure it out. Derek Brinkman's team as we look at it, only one quarterback, only one tight end so far, and a lot of running backs and receivers. Andrew looks the quarterback. Martellus Bennett's the tight end. The running backs. Adrian Peterson, Jeremy Hill, Danny Woodhead, David Johnson, Alfred Blue, and the receivers, Brandon Marshall, Sammy Watkins, Charles Johnson, Michael Floyd, Steve Smith, and Kenny Stills. Your initial thoughts on Mr. Brinkman's team, Mr. Gerzak. You know, it's kind of hard to, uh, it's kind of hard to dog on this team. AP and Hill, that's really nice. Uh, Luck and Bennett, you know, it's like you know, two uh, bookends there. And the receivers are okay. I mean, like Marshall, Watkins, Charles Johnson, Floyd, Steve Smith, the icon, Kenny Stills. And you're to get production there. I mean, and then Wood had a great PPR guy. David Johnson has upside. Alfred Blue, I mean, uh, 
Foster seems super old. I actually, I really like his team. I think he has a lot of potential to have big weeks. I mean, like if Adrian Peterson pops up those 25 point weeks, Luck's going to get some 30, even 40 point weeks possibly. Bennett, I mean, you just have to, as long as he does as well as last year, which he's not going to get as many targets probably with Trustman gone, but I like his team a lot, actually. Yeah. I mean, I obviously I worry about the depth at tight end. Um, I think that's my major concern, but if he can get some production out of there, I think that this team is, is going to be very, very good this year. Uh, footballguys.com's Austin Lee and Alex Miglio drafting from the two spot. Tony Romo, Jay Cutler uh, are the quarterbacks. Justin Forsett, Mark Ingram, Shane Vereen, Duke Johnson in the backfield. The receivers, Mike Evans, Kelvin Benjamin, Allen Robinson, Mike Wallace, and the tight ends, Rob Gronkowski, Larry Donnell, and Charles Clay. Like the tight end depth here that they already have 12 rounds in. Uh, and the, the running backs, Forsett, Ingram, Vereen, and Duke Johnson, four upside guys there as well. Now, the receivers, uh, you know, again, it's tough to get too excited about them because they they have small bodies of work in the NFL. I mean, four very, very young guys. Well, Mike Wallace isn't that young anymore, but the top three guys, very, very young. We don't really know what their ceiling is, which can be good, but it can also be bad because we're not really sure what their floor is going to be. But by and large, I think this is another very competitive team here. I think so for sure. I mean, with Gronk, I mean, Gronk is like the total anchor. He's a superstar. Uh, Larry Janelle and Charles Clay, I mean, they can be, those guys will be flexing occasionally because Gronk is always going to be the mainstay. Uh, so not being as deep with running back and receiver, I think they're in pretty good shape. And I think they're fine at quarterback. And Romo Cutler are fine. FFPC Joe picking at the third spot tonight. Paul Friel selected Russell Wilson as his lone quarterback so far. He has Jimmy Graham and Josh Hill as his tight ends. The running backs, Jamal Charles, LeGarrette Blunt, D'Angelo Williams, Darren Sproles, Niall Davis, and split out wide, T.Y. Hilton, Amari Cooper, Vincent Jackson, Percy Harvin, Kendall Wright. I think my my main issue with this team, and, and this is not a dig on Paul at all because I think he and I just fundamentally disagree on certain players, not necessarily team construction. I mean, for me, the RB2 is a concern. I mean, if LeGarrette Blunt is good for New England, but you just it's so hard to predict what they're going to do there. D'Angelo Williams is washed up. Darren Sproles should actually be all right at PPR, and then Niall Davis back, you know, Charles. And then I just, to me, Mari Cooper, there's a lot of risk in that selection. So, I mean, Hilton and Vijax, I like those picks. Harvin, I mean, who knows what's, what he's going to do. Kind of Wright's not too bad as a PPR guy in this well, though. Yeah, I mean, that's not, I mean. I mean he's the number one for that team, and he's the only one. He's like the poor man's Landry, and he's not. I mean, how much worse is he than Andrew? Well, how, how much? Many catches, how, how much? Catches much did, did Kenner Wright have last year? Uh, I can look it up. And, All right, well, I mean, tell you. Yeah, we can look it up while we're talking. But okay, I'll, I'll look it up in a second. But let's let's move on to Jonathan Bales' team. I'm, I'm a big fan of this team. Colin Kaepernick is the only quarterback so far. The running backs: C.J. Anderson, Joseph Randall, Joyke Bell, Devontae Freeman. Uh, receivers: Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, Brandon LaFell, Anquan Bolden, and the tight end trio is Dwayne Allen, Kobe Fleener, and Ladarius Green. Uh, like locking up both Colts tight ends, I think that was an interesting. Uh, way to attack this uh, a draft and, uh, you know, getting the upside of Darius Green. The receivers, I think, are rock solid. I'm a big fan of all of them. And then, again, I, I like Randall. I like Anderson. Joyke Bell is, you know, whatever, one half of the Detroit running game. But I like getting Freeman in the ninth. I, I, we've talked about the, the Falcons running back situation. And I think if you can get one half of that tandem in the ninth round right now, you buy it. So I, I like Jonathan Bale's squad. I do too. I, like, I love his receivers. I think uh, even his fourth and fifth receivers are solid. Uh, you're the big Randall guy. Even though I'm not a big be, Randall guy, I like him. <laughs> you won't admit it. Should I give the mugging uh, <laughs> uh, analogy? Uh, I'm concerned about the tight ends. I mean, Ladarius Green is a starter. 
only a name for four weeks. Dwayne Allen and Fleener, even though luck is awesome, sometimes the Colts tight ends suck. Both of them suck sometimes in a game. So if if weeks five through 16, I think he should take a fourth tight end because, I mean, I think that there's going to be times when Allen and Fleener are still going to both suck and Larry Green's not going to do anything, and then you're going to have really poor tight end production. Okay, so Kendall Wright, by the way, back to that. Yeah. 14 games he played, 93 targets, 57 catches. So he's a super poor man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Landry. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at projections from, from – that's wrong. <laughs> but, yeah, 57 for 715 so, I mean, and see, six touchdowns. So maybe have like 63 if you play the whole season. So not that good. So are you retracting that? A minor retraction. Yeah. Reds burned me <laughs> enough. I'm done. Uh, moving on to Kevin Slagle's team at the five spot. Calling the signals is Ben Roethlisberger and Joe Flacco in the backfield, Eddie Lacy and DeMarco Murray, Ryan Matthews, Trey Mason, and David Cobb. Uh, the receiving core is Brandon Cooks, Golden Tate, Devontae Adams, Brashad Perriman, Zach Ertz, Delaney Walker, the tight ends thus far. And he's on the clock right now. Did he just make a selection? Oh, yeah. He took um, Marvin Jones. Mar Marvin Jones. Spoiling that. Okay. So this team, Dave, strong running backs, in my opinion. Uh, the receivers, I think, are, you know, they dry up pretty fast uh, on this. I mean, Adams and Perry do have considerable upside. And I, Marvin Jones in the 14th, I can get on board with. Um, the tight ends, Ertz and Walker, I, I would have liked to see another one uh, a little bit earlier for, you know, I guess Ertz and Walker, fifth and seventh round. That's not bad. And obviously, he's got Big Ben, so he's going to win it all. I mean, yeah, that's that. It's possible. I, I guess my only problems with the team is a little bit on the depth on the running back and wide receiver end, uh, with Delaney Walker and then the Trey Mason pick are the two picks that I probably would have, would have rather traded for running backs or receivers. Um, so, I, I not that again, not Trey Mason. Obviously, he's a running back, but I mean, he's not a it's not a guy you can get that excited about. So, I mean, yeah, Trey Mason, I'd rather have somebody else. I'm starting to like Trey Mason just, and I know Corey came on and, and talked about, you know, hoping for 75% of the season for Gurley. I'm of the ilk. ilk. Yeah. That I think Mason is almost becoming a buy for me, given how much he's getting pressed in the past and, and Gurley is rising because I think often you see it where you're waiting on the stud to get healthy. And meanwhile, the backup is racking up all these weeks of points. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. That's good. Um, so that's good. I, I think I, I, I'm on Mason right now. We'll have to see how his ADP shakes out as we get closer to the start of the season. But right now I kind of like it. Down league football, Scott Fish at the uh, sixth spot tonight. Ryan Tannehill and Eli Manning, two quarterbacks I really like. The running backs, Le'Veon Bell, TJ Yeldon, Amir Abdullah, Tevin Coleman, Charles Sims. A lot of upside and youth there. A lot of rookies as a dynasty league football. Uh, no surprise there. Alshon Jeffrey, Jordan Matthews, John Brown, and Devontae Parker, another rookie. Travis Kelsey, Rob Hausler, and another rookie, Max Williams. Dave, your thoughts on this squad from DLF. I have concerns about the number three and four wide receiver positions. Uh, Devontae Parker, you really can't trust. Uh, he's coming in as a rookie, coming off a, a surgery. John Brown, I mean, he's still a second-year guy. He's the number three option for Arizona. So really, once you have – if you have bye weeks for Jordan Matthews, if you have an injury for Sean Jeffrey or something like that, you're in big trouble. So you really – he's going to need to keep pounding receivers and hope for some guys to hit late. But, I mean, those those running backs in the mid – in yeah, fifth, sixth, seventh round, Yeldon Abdullah Coleman, I really like that. Yeah, I like it too. Um He's going to need like two of the three for sure to hit, possibly all three, just because of the fact that his receivers are a little bit on the shallow side. So he's going to have to try and go three and four on the running backs tip. I don't know if it's going to happen in redraft, but I would be pleased as country punch to get Ryan Tannehill and Eli Manning back to back in the eighth and ninth round. Yeah, I'm all right with it. Oh, God, it'd be great. But I mean, 
<laughs> it's fine. I mean, oh, it's better I would, than fine, man. <laughs> those guys could be top five. I mean, honestly, those guys could have both have top five seasons. I, I think the odds that, are against it, but you can say that about a lot of players. No, you can't. Yeah, you can. Like quarterback? <laughs> I mean, how? Who has top five upside among? Well, okay, maybe there's more than. But I mean, in the eighth and ninth round, my God, there's there's nobody. I mean, who has who has top five upside for quarterbacks that were available when he took Tannehill and Manning? Um, top five. Yeah. I mean, Breeze. Yeah. No, I mean, Breeze was off the board. Breeze was off the board. So Romo then went. You know, I I kind of can get behind. It. I know what you're saying. I don't. I'm not a big fan of Stafford. Oh wait, wait, wait. Uh, Jameis Winston. There you go. <laughs> I was wrong. Is G, did Gino go yet? Is Gino out no, there? No, he's out there. Uh, Michael Sheffer, former guest of the show, is picking from the seventh spot. Matthew Stafford, Sam Bradford are the quarterbacks. The running backs are LaShawn McCoy, Frank Gore, Lamar Miller, Doug Martin, and Dan Heron. Uh, Odell Beckham, Jeremy Macklin, Deshaun Jackson, Larry Fitzgerald, Michael Crabtree make up the receivers. And uh, the tight ends, Julius Thomas and Heath Miller. Dave, no surprise that he got a lot of aging guys drafting next to Scott Fish's <laughs> Dynasty League football <laughs> they, team. They were all left for him. Well, I mean, I just look at, I mean, Frank Gore, he's been around for a while. Deshaun Jackson's been around for a while. Larry Fitzgerald's been Scott around. Scott Fish, did you have those guys Heath on his list? Miller, his, his list Michael was up Crabtree. Age 28. Yeah, exactly. So, but by and large, a, again, another competitive team. And I like what Michael did with, uh, with, the, with the value that was presented to him. Yeah, I think he did fine. I mean, for me personally, he has a, a number of players that I just am philosophically opposed to drafting, like Jeremy Macklin and, and Deshaun Jackson. Uh, even in this format? In the, yeah, Michael Clark, Crabtree. Well, yeah, I know I, that, yeah. But, I mean, I, you know, I know, granted, he's super late. But I don't know. For some reason, I just don't – I never like those guys. I'm not going to like them in the future. And if, if they create seasons, I still probably won't like them next year. I don't know what it is. I just, I just don't he also did get the cheat code at 107 and Odell Beckham. So yeah, that was nice. That, that was, was really fantastic. Good. I like his running backs. Rounds two, three, and four. Those were all solid picks for sure. Julius Thomas, I thought was good. Uh, so I mean, his team. And I thought Doug Martin actually in the 11th was a super value. I was. I mean, he's been going. I mean, I know you say he's been going late, but I mean, I've seen him going in the eighth, ninth round. Okay. Uh, moving on to Corey Parsons' team. We talked a little bit about it, but well, certain aspects of it. So we'll just take a wide scope here. Cam Newton and Teddy Bridgewater, he's got at quarterback. He did add Virgil Green to Kyle Rudolph at tight end. Uh, the receivers, fantastic. Des Bryant, Randall Cobb, Andre Johnson, Eric Decker, Randall, Alan Hearns. Um, first time Alan Hearns and the word fantastic have ever been used in the same yeah. sentence. He, just, he snuck in there as part of the group. And then the uh, running back, CJ Spiller, Giovanni Bernard, Todd Gurley, Darren McFadden, Theo Riddick. I like, you know, again, he's 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 staking his claim with with the backs, receivers, and and the quarterback, and he's just kind of roll the dice tight end and see what happens there. Uh, Lance Turvis did point in the chat that he's a knickknack injury away from taking a lot of zeros with you know <laughs> Kyle Rudolph not being a bastion of health there, but Rudolph does offer a lot of upside. He gets Bridgewater there too, so you, you have the hookup potential there, which I kind of like. And and by and large, again, it's very very difficult because I think. We've liked most of the teams so far. There's a lot of good, talented drafters here, um, and I think Corey did well to uh, take advantage of of getting, you know, executing his strategy when he could, and then letting the, you know, scooping up the value when it when it came to him as well. Yeah, I thought the Randall pick was a good pick. You know, I mentioned this before about Rudolph, but I took him in a startup. I took him in the 17th round of a dynasty startup, which just shows you yeah. how guys are valuing Rudolph. I mean, he goes in the ninth round of a redraft. Um, but I think he does have upside. I, I like him. I think Virgil Green is kind of interesting. He's one of those guys, uh, you know, Corey had in his back pocket. 
And um, I look at his running backs. I think he's fine. I, th- I thought he got pretty good value in the fourth, fifth, and sixth with those three times. Matthew Stewart's Pava Homies drafting from the nine spot tonight. This was the team we talked about. We get, it was going to be interesting to see what he did with receiver, given that he started off so running back heavy. Uh, and here's how it ended up. Aaron Rodgers and Phillip Rivers are his quarterbacks. The running backs are Matt Forte, Marshawn Lynch, Melvin Gordon, Tavius Murray in the fifth. And then he did not take another running back until the fifth getting Zach Stacy. The receivers are Roddy White, Nelson Aguilar, Marcus Colston, Pierre Garcon, Terrence Williams, Doriel Green Beckham, and he gets Tyler Eifert and Vernon Davis as his tight ends. Dave, even with going so running back heavy early on, which I think a lot of teams do in a 28-round draft experts format, I think he did pretty good with getting a lot of good receivers in valuable spots later on. Uh, if Eifert breaks out, if Vernon Davis has a bounce back season, this team is going to be challenging for the top spot. You know, he did pretty well. He equated himself well with Roddy, Aguilar, Colston, Garcon. Those guys, you know, he went with the young and old strategy because those, those are the players that might actually outperform their draft spots. I, I thought he did really great. Yeah, he gets Terrence Williams and Doriel Green Beckham in the 13th and 14th too. DGB could be a great value there depending upon what happens yeah. um, uh, when he gets on an NFL field. Justin Hunter is off an NFL field this year. We'll see what happens. And there's been, there's been, you know, Green Beckham, there's been comps to Randy Moss with the exception right. of the speed. So it's like if he is, has one of, I mean, granted, he's not going to get 17 touchdowns, but if he has an electric rookie season, watch out. Let's talk uh, about Bob Butterfield's team from All Purpose Roto at the 10 spot, what he did after we talked. Uh, he, again, he started off strong with all those receivers. He didn't like the running backs uh, in the 11th round and took his third tight end, Eric Ebron, to go with Gates and, and Cameron. Well, he went with Stevie Johnson after that to add uh, another receiver to that stable, and now he's hitting the running backs hard. Traveris Cadet, Jay Ajayi, Andre Williams, and Javorius Allen. So, Dave, for waiting on running back, um, you know, he's definitely going to have a lot of guys at the position competing every every week. But to me, I'm not a big fan of Hyde. I know Bob wasn't either, but he needed a running back there. The success on this team, to me, is going to be what kind of, output is he going to get from those running backs? Because I'm, I think he's fine everywhere else. Yeah, I do agree with that. He's going to need one of those late-round running backs to emerge because you know Hyde and Sankey are both going to be great. Um, and then there's still and bye weeks. They could both suck. And they could very well both suck. So he could, you know, but his receivers are great. Uh, I, the Stevie Johnson pick, I think it's okay. Everyone loves uh, – the high stakes guy, loves, they love Stevie Johnson. He's climbing. A, he's the sleeper. He's climbing. He's, I don't know how much he's going to be sleeping if he keeps climbing. But, uh, yeah, 12th round here for Stevie Johnson to to add some more stability to those uh, receivers. I uh, really like that. Jared Grugier picking at the uh, 11th spot. Peyton Manning and uh, Derek Carr. I must have David. Peyton Manning and Derek Carr as quarterbacks thus far. That's hilarious and not true. <laughs> Aaron, Andre Ellington, Rashad Jennings, Chris Ivory, Roy Hallou, Monte Ball, and Matt Jones are the running backs. Calvin Johnson, Jordy Nelson, Julian Edelman, Victor Cruz, Kevin White, Marcus Wheaton at receiver. So we got uh, two tight ends so far, Jason Witten and another darling in the uh, fantasy community, Owen Daniels right now, Dave. Another strong team. I, I, I mean, I think if you were going to pick uh, at nits anywhere, it would be the Ellington Jennings Ivory trio of running backs at the top of his board. But I like the fact that he got Helu late, and Matt Jones is another guy that uh, I think have some uh, pretty good value this year where he's going. Yeah, it's an intriguing team. Uh, those running backs are real. There's some guys on there that I just don't generally take. But, uh, you know, Ellington, I think, could be fine. 
He has a lot of tough rush defenses to go against. Calvin Jordy and Edelman are great. Uh, Victor Cruz, Kevin Marcus Sweet, and, I, and I'm not really, you know, when you when you take those three receivers early and then you wait then to take receivers again, your team looks great at receiver until you have like a bye week or a guy's questionable or anything happens and all of a sudden your great receivers look like crap. So I think that is going to be a concern as he heads further into the season, four through eleven. His receivers look fantastic, and, and he really is going to need Wheaton, who is not going to emerge. Cruz, who I'm really not sure he's going to come around. And then Kevin White, he's a rookie, and he's not even looking that good so far. So I'm, I'm concerned about those receivers after the top three. Kevin White also plays for a coach who does not like playing rookies all that much either. It was just a couple of weeks ago that we heard Jay Cutler say that White's competing for the number four spot. <laughs> At receiver. We, we think he might make the squad. Yeah, that's uh don't put him on the practice yikes. squad. Um, so anyway, uh I would agree with you on the downside with Cruz and White, but there is significant upside there as well. So if if that if that does hit and the running backs are palatable, again, uh, another squad that's very, very competitive. And I, I hate to keep banging the same drum, but th- these guys, I don't know if it was just the advantage of seeing three pros versus Joe's drafts before this fourth one. I'm not sure, but they really Again, it was tough to find value in this draft because uh, there's a lot of uh, talented guys out there drafting balanced teams. Finally tonight, uh, Sam Hendricks' team at the 12 spot. We have uh, Drew Brees, Carson Palmer, and Nick Foles at quarterback. The running backs are Arian Foster, Alfred Morris, Jonathan Stewart, Isaiah Crowell, Reggie Bush, and Denard Robinson. At receiver, Julio Jones, Martavis Bryant, Torrey Smith, and Cody Latimer. And the tight ends, Greg Olson, Austin Sapp. Ian Jenkins and Jordan Reed. Damon, I'll tell you this about this team. All right, let's hear it, Bulky. Really love the quarterbacks. Great. Really love the tight ends. Yep. Can definitely get on board with the running backs. Receivers, eh. <laughs> not so much. I mean, Cody Cody Latimer's is number four. You know, he had, he had Bulky. He had like thirty yards receiving last year. Maybe fifty. I don't know what it was, but it was significant. It was at least fifty <laughs> for the season. Yeah. Uh, well, remember he dealt with that concussion thing towards the end of last season. Um, I'm sure that was it. Listen, I don't. I think if Sam was to come on, he's not going to sing the praises of Cody Latimer. He was just looking for upside at that point in the draft. Uh, Latimer was a 15th round selection. Uh, Bryant and Smith, to me, uh, have uh, kind of low floors from week to week too, which kind of scares me a little bit. I love Julio. I think he's going to be fantastic, but he's going to need um, some wide receiver production here, and he's and need the other guys to step up at those dual flex positions as uh, as the season goes on to make sure he still remains uh, in the top half of the leaderboard. I mean, to be competitive, he's really going to need touchdowns out of his running backs too because none of the running backs beyond Foster, well, and Reggie Bush because he's not playing that much. But, I mean, like Alfred Morris, Jonathan Stewart, and Isaiah Crowell are not pass-catching backs. It's like the opposite of backs uh, that Tory, Corey Parson uh, took with C.J. Spiller, Bernard, and, and – uh, you know, even Gurley and McFadden, those guys catch passes. Right. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's uh, a, a fair point. And uh, I think that uh, uh, Shane Hallam is just said this in the chat room that Martavis Bryant getting the snaps this year of a number receiver is going to be a beast. And he honestly could. I could be totally wrong about Bryant. He's rocked up. He looks the part of being a dominant receiver. Again, Antonio Brown's still going to be gumming up the works for him to take that next step. With, uh, with all the targets that Brown gets. But I could be wrong about Bryant this year. And I know that you're not really on him as, you know, as well. But, you know, who knows? We'll, we'll have to see what happens. With, uh, with, I think Bryant's a very polarizing guy in fantasy circles right now. Yeah, you know, I'm going to be very interested to see what happens. When Antonio Brown is going in the top two of most drafts, 
Um, and so he's, people are taking him anticipating 110 catches or whatever. Um, I mean, it's just tough for Martavis Bryant to get enough targets to hit it. I'm loving me the Steelers offense this year, man. When Le'Veon Bell comes back, oh, Woo! it's going to be great. Oh, he's all over it. It's uh, Heath, I mean, Mi Heath Miller, too. In this, in, in an FFPC tight end premium format, give me Heath Miller all day and twice on Sunday. Yeah, so you're going to come over to my house, and I'll be like, hey, man, uh, yeah, we got on. Right. Oh, hey, the Steelers are on. I'm just going to go to the bar, check yeah. out the Steelers Steelers game. are on 704. You're going to watch the other TV. Uh, well, you know, I feel like if I was going to do that, I would have done it with the Packers, and I haven't done that. So. <laughs> Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for our broadcast tonight as we just have a couple minutes left to tell you about what's going on at the FFPC this week and what's going on with Pros versus Joes tomorrow. Uh, first of all, the 1159-1145 draft, we have how many spots available as Dave refreshes? Down still to nine. nine left. Okay, so we Not got – still nine, down to nine. Uh, down to nine, we have an hour and 45 minutes, or is that two hours and 45 minutes? Uh, it's <laughs> hour and 45, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Hour and 40, that's, that's fine. You get down to six, I'll just fly off the board. Right, exactly. Exactly. So sign up for that at myffpc. The FFPC, our producer, mutual friend, Rob, audio engineer, Bryce. And most of all, all of you people hanging out with us on Sunday night, you could have watched True Detective. You chose to hang out with us instead. I appreciate that. I want to thank Alex Miglio, Austin Lee, Sam Hendricks, Bob Butterfield, Corey Parsons, all for calling in and checking in tonight. Tomorrow, we go on an hour later. It'll be 9, 8 central tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, for the Saturday Night Special League. Uh, making up the Joes will be Gary Coor, Craig Campbell, who is our guest Friday night, former HSF guest Ian Brian Bakula, Michael Rader, and then two other former HSFers, Joe Pike and Jamie Joseph, the Joes. For the pros, we have the New York Times fifth down blog, Sablick Brothers, Jules McLean from Fantasy Freaking Football, Brandon Marianne Lee from Her Fantasy Football, Kevin Cole from Rotoviz, David Dodds from FootballGuys.com, and of course, JJ Zacharyson from Number Fire. That is all tomorrow night at 9, 8 central right here. Ladies and gentlemen, your week officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week.